This episode of Comic Book Junto is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. Head over to bearfruit.com, that's B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com, and sign up for our newsletter. While you're there, check out our other podcast, The Beautiful Struggle, a weekly conversation series hosted by me, Octavius A. Newman, featuring various guests telling their origin story. Don't forget to grab some merch from our online store. As a reward for being a loyal Comic Book Junto listener, use promo code CBJ to get 10% off your next order. Bear fruit. Believe. Create. Inspire. Now let's start the show. Junto, episode 44. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm the creator of Bear Fruit. I have my voice back so I don't sound ridiculous anymore. And I am here with my co-host, the man who saved my life, Adam Jackie Chan Tetris, because he's up alive and kicking. Come on, somebody. Are we going to do that every time? The, the man who saved my life. Is that what I said last time? I don't, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like it was, some, it was some kind of pomp like that last time. I can't remember. Hey, man, I just tell the truth like I told you on episode 43. I'm a truth teller. <laughs> You're a truth teller. That's my power. There's so much charisma in your voice. It's back. My Listen voice, to us. My voice last time sounded like trash. Yes. Yeah, both of us. Yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, it was it was an off week. Let's just say it was an off week. Yeah. Everybody's allowed to have one. Yeah. And I think we 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 earned that one. But I feel alive. I feel good. I, I feel can, back. I can laugh without as much mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. I can actually speak with some power, some force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? My, it, everything else is like coming back online. You feel more normal. I feel more normal besides the fact that I have this incision that I'm nursing at yeah, all times. Me too. I yeah. feel you. Your but, incision is a lot larger than mine. It is. It is. I had, looks like someone cut me open <laughs> because they did. Yeah. I was going to say like, yeah, I, I wonder why it looks like that. Oh yes. Yeah, Cause somebody cut you open. Literally open. Yeah. 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 Mine is, uh, not as, I was not as bad as I thought it would be. I, honestly, the first time when everything started coming off, they have this like weird blue, like glue they use to seal it all up. Mm-hmm. This stuff all comes off. And I was like, is that it? They took a, I wanted they more. They took a whole kidney through that. You wanted more, huh? Yeah. You I don't wanted, know. Maybe, maybe more I'll, excitement. I'll go back for some work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Come to my door on Halloween. I'm giving out organs. If you, if you wow, all are, you're giving out organs, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. what they play music on in churches. No. Well, that's heavy and I'm not allowed to lift that. Fair so enough. So I won't be doing that. You got another four to four to eight weeks. Yeah. I've got another four, depending on who you ask. Right. Depending on which person in the hospital you speak to, either A, you'll be back in four weeks or never. <laughs> so yeah. it, it depends on who you speak to, you know? You talk to my surgeon. He says, your body is amazing. Everything's incredible. You're going to be back on your feet. You're Jackie Chan. Stronger than ever. High kicks, parkour, do whatever you want to do, jump out of a plane. Yes. If you talk to my social worker, lovely woman named Karen, she says, just quit. Give up. You're <laughs> Don't done. ever do anything You're ever toast. again. <laughs> Put yourself in a bubble. Please, for God's <laughs> sakes. For the sake of everyone who loves you, do nothing yeah. else. Yeah, I'm getting a similar thing. I'm getting my surgeon in, you know, in four more weeks, you can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And I was like, now, now, hold on now. Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Do you recognize what you just told me I can do? <laughs> They're like, you can do whatever you want. You can hang glide. You can ski. I was like... Hold up. Muay Thai. Yeah. And they're like, what's that? Let me explain to you what it is. And they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm like, crossfit. 
weightlifting, yeah. snatch, clean and jerk, squat, deadlift, uh-huh. bench, like you know, like I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a, you know, a. Uh, this is the difficult part, yeah, because this is the part where if you're feeling like I'm feeling. Sometimes I will fool myself into thinking I'm good. Mm. We're good. Yeah. And then every once in a while, like I sneezed yesterday. Mm-mm, still no good. Right. That's not good. I'm gonna tell you what really let me know that I was getting better. What's that? I started watching YouTube clips of Saturday Night Live. Yeah. And I was trying not to laugh. Yeah. Because I was like, this is, and I was literally screaming. I was like, Alexis, help! Black Jeopardy. I was like, yes. I was like, Alexis, help me. She's like, I can't do anything. Yeah. I was like, I'm trying not to laugh because you know, like it was so Black Jeopardy, internet. Go on YouTube, Saturday Night Live, <laughs> watch Black Jeopardy. It's Freaking hilarious. Black Jeopardy. This was probably one of my favorite SNL episodes in a long time. Mm-hmm. Black Jeopardy was incredible. Oh and gosh. for me, David S. Pumpkins killed me. It don't make no sense. And I really enjoyed it quite <laughs> oh, a bit. Oh, man. Yeah. So I actually started le- letting laughs out because I couldn't hold it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I can laugh without being excruciating pain. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. You know, I, I could cough and clear my throat. And I was like, all right, okay, I'm coming back. I'm still still very delicate, though. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm recognizing that I'm used to being a lot more, like my wife asked me, do you feel strong? And mm-hmm. I said, I'm not even thinking about being strong. I'm thinking about being very delicate. Mm-hmm. Like every time I pick up something or turn or twist or, or hinge over or yeah. anything, it's very slow because it got to, you know, Giant incision. Yeah, you got Wolverine, man. Like exactly, both of us. The 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 muscles, the fat, the tissue, the nerves. Everything just got sliced open. Right. That takes a long time. I'm amazed by how I feel right now I mean, compared to how I felt last week. Compared to how I felt two weeks ago. Yes. I'm a completely different person. Yes. But uh, yeah, we, we can't fool ourselves. And I'll tell you, that kidney is working. Hey, that a boy. Or it girl, is, it like is, I said, gender <laughs> fluid, or it's just, or it's an organ. <laughs> like, uh, but it immediately they're like, because you know what a kidney does is like it processes waste and then it, it disposes of the waste. So yeah. one of the one of the symptoms that you see when you have a kidney issue is your body starts retaining water and you mm-hmm. start getting really swollen and you stop going, you stop urinating. Yeah. I mean, this kidney came and it was just like, whoosh. Yeah. I lost 15, 20 pounds in the hospital. That is unbelievable. Because of just earmuffs. Yeah. Peeing it out. Yo, I know. I'm like, quote the doctors in, in the hospital. They, they, they said straight up, there are not enough bathrooms in this hospital <laughs> for Octavius A. Newman and this new kidney. This like this power, this brand new power kidney and iron fist, John. Yeah. It's power kidney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was working fantastically you know like so like my goal my new uh, everything is like a new normal like my eyes are even clearer that's true like my wife's do do my eyes look clearer yeah i'm I'm, I'm gonna say this not a race thing they look more white you got white eyes yeah and they weren't for a while they're very clear my skin is a little bit bright brighter it's your, not your as, shoes are saggy right yeah my, <laughs> my shoes are baggy yeah your shoes are baggy yeah that's it. like yeah. that's how much like i was actually my my fi- my wedding ring yeah is sliding off my fingers that is wild like because my hands were swollen i didn't even know my hands were swollen i didn't recognize yeah. my feet were swollen yeah i didn't recognize any of this stuff yeah you know, like my like my new weight because I have to weigh myself every morning. I take my temperature every morning. I got to take my blood pressure every morning and evening. So my 
new normal weight is like 20 pounds lighter. Dang. And it's not like it's coming back, it doesn't seem. Like yeah. it's, this is, I had that much waste. Yeah. Just in toxic waste in my system that wasn't coming out. That's unbelievable. So. Hey, this is why we did this. Yeah. This is why. That's, that's, that's Shin Godzilla working. That's right. Like, this is precisely the best possible outcome as prescribed. And damn, if I don't feel good about it. So now, um, it's just like readjusting to what normal is now. And hey, uh, recovery in the past two weeks and Octavius and I, you know, getting on and, and, and finding our way back to normal. A lot of this, we have to owe gratitude to a lot of you listeners, yes. uh, our comic book Junto family, everybody who's been a part of this and yes. has given to us, even if it's just a tweet or some love or a thought, text or messages, a prayer, emails, I, man, everything. And some of you have actually given money. That's to, unbelievable. To Adam's meal train, to uh, my sister-in-law created a you caring account for me. Yeah. And there's been so many people who given to that and you know we're we're almost at the goal that they set which is blowing my wife and I away because you know what it does is it really frees us up because my wife by God's grace was able to get get some time off to help mm -hmm. take care of me because I'm thinking oh, I'll be good no no I wouldn't have been good like I mean when my first days back I couldn't even walk yeah regular yeah it was exhausting everything talking was exhausting you know what i found is the the medication that I was on made me sick in a way that reminded me of being car sick mm -hmm. and that kind of nausea means that i can't even keep my eyes open yeah which means i was thinking yeah i'm gonna watch movies i'm gonna watch tv shows i'm gonna read comics yeah no Sleeping. no i couldn't do any of that stuff and i mean uh, much love to my family, to my friends, mm -hmm. to all of you, CBJ listeners, to the whole internet. Thank you for your five stars and positive comment. Thank you for the five stars, positive comment. Your and, uh, love. And Adam, thank you for the kidney. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Timory, I mean, my, my, my partner through this, she's been amazing. She's, she's taking care of me. She's like, she's a Valkyrie, man. She's just come to my aid every single time I've needed it. And I couldn't have done it without her and with all of you. And I'm happy to see you clear eyed, White-eyed, yep. yep, and smiling. Yep. Shout out to my wife, who has been absolutely fantastic, and has been just the most fantastic helper to me in my time of need. Yeah. And you know, it really does. I really have felt so much love from my friends, my family, my church. My my mother's been in town, and just people dropping off meals and mm -hmm. asking how we're doing, and you know, just giving us things yeah. and asking us do we need anything and going beyond asking and actually doing it's like i felt extremely loved yeah and yeah. understood and cared for and you know i mean i even had a, a buddy of mine adam who listens to this podcast he goes i went and got checked got my blood work checked because of listening to o positive hey and it's just like that's what I like to hear. Yeah. That's why we did this in public. Yeah. Okay, look, the two directives after listening to Comic Book Junto. One, buy Black Panther by ta -Nehisi Yes, that's number one. Two, check your blood. Go get your blood checked. Yeah, go, go get a physical or something. Yeah, get, yeah. get a full... Listen, internet. From me to you. Short version. I was in the best shape of my life, and I had kidney disease the whole time. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. Yeah. Didn't know. Yeah. Strongest, fittest, fat. I mean, kidney disease the whole time. Yeah. Go get checked out, please. Yo, and on that. If you never listen to anything that I ever say on this, go 
to the freaking doctor. By the time, listen, by the end of October, I need everybody who listens to this podcast. If you haven't had a checkup recently, I need you. If you got benefits, please go, Mm -hmm. please go. Mm -hmm. And it would really, really be make, make us feel good. If you could add us and just, you know, on Twitter and say, Hey, I made my appointment. Yeah. That would make me feel good. Yeah. To start saying, you know, hey, I made my appointment. Just letting us know. Yeah. Send us an email or something. Because I'm serious. Like, you don't even know. Who know who knows? I could have had this forever since I was a, a little kid and just didn't know. Yeah, and hold each other accountable too. You know, like my, my friends came and visited me and I told all my friends, I'm like, I, I don't know when the last time y'all got a checkup, how often you see the doctor, or yeah. if you ask que- these kinds of questions. These are the kinds of things that I never would have asked until I encountered your situation, right. and, until I became a part of it with you. Yeah. Uh, so I've become enlightened through that process, but you know, no one deserves to take the hard way. Nobody should find out too late. Yeah. You can prevent that. Hold your friends accountable. Hold your loved ones accountable. Go to the doctor. Just check in. Yeah. Check in. That's it. So before we go any further, let's talk about how this podcast is in existence. The breadwinner. So this podcast is brought to you by Bear Fruit, a Philadelphia-based lifestyle brand dedicated to turning beliefs into creative action and inspiring others to do the same. So if you want to learn more about Bear Fruit, go to barefruit.com, sign up for the newsletter. You can also check out the shop, check out the store. You can also go to our official comic book junto um, online store that's at t public forward slash user forward slash comic book junto that's j-u-n-t-o now if you want to tweet along with the podcast tweet at us let us know your thoughts you can find adam on twitter at you can find me at adam tetris a-d-a-m-t-e-t-e-r-u-s actually it's adam undeterous right now happy halloween everyone happy brown bag day thank you for your five stars and positive jack-o'-lantern there it is i like that positive jack-o'-lantern oh i used a j name i saved that keep it under wraps um you can find me on twitter at octavius a newman o-c-t-a-v-i-u-s-a-n-e-w-m-a-n um and the podcast is at comic book junto that's j-u-n-t-o and before we get into news what you been doing with your off time what you been watching? I, uh, you know, it's once I got around to being able to watch television, to be able to enjoy movies and that kind of thing, I, I gotten into a whole mess of things. I, I started playing Battlefield One on the Xbox One. I'm having a very good time with Battlefield One. I have been watching the new season of Black Mirror, season three. Haven't started that yet. Unbelievable. But I'll tell you what, in my household, we have parameters, we have rules, we have restrictions. You can only watch one episode at a time. No binging, no back-to-back. It is too profoundly depressing. And after you watch it, you got to call somebody and tell them you love them. Okay. You just have to tighten up self-care. Because Black Mirror is serious. Have you watched any of those episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched the new season. That show is serious. Yes. And if you watch too much of that in a row, I I don't want to know what the effects are. One a day, huh? One a day. And it has been excellent so far. I've also been watching a lot of BoJack Horseman and Hilarious. Atlanta. Hilarious. Atlanta is amazing. Fantastic. It's amazing. I, I don't know why I didn't watch it. Fantastic. I watched the, the episode that you sent me way back, the first episode that mm-hmm. was free on YouTube, mm-hmm. and I was really intrigued by it. So yes. I got caught up on that, and I love it. It's crazy. Uh, we were talking before the show. I like Atlanta because it is very smart, and the messages are there, but mm-hmm. they're not there like, message! No. Their messages are there like, what'd you say? And they just walk away. They yeah. don't... So if you're not paying attention, you'll be like, huh? But if you're paying attention, you're like, 
oh, they're talking about. Yeah. So, for example, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers on the on this particular episode. If you're not up to date with Atlanta, fast forward a little bit. There's a situation where what's the guy's name? Darius. Darius yeah. tells what's Donald Glover's character's name? Earn. Earn tells Earn, you'll buy the samurai sword. I can get you more money. <laughs> Again, spoilers. I'm telling you, three, two, one. It's your fault. He buys the samurai sword. Takes samurai sword, trades it for a dog. Yo, and they were playing Itchy Ma it, when they go to see uh, the people that sell the sword yeah. and trade it for the dog. They're playing Itchy Ma. I don't know if you ever listened to that song. I've heard that song before. That song is nuts. So I'm mean, like, even the soundtrack to this yeah. show, though. Trades it for a dog. Yeah. Take the dog to go to a breeder. And then Ern's like, yo, where's the money at? Long-term investment. And he's like, yo, you're going to get mad money later on. And he's like, I need this money right now. And he's like, you said you wanted money. I got you money. But you just got to wait for it. And, and it make me go, oh, yeah. They're talking about deferred gratification. Yeah. And looking at the black community, how I was like, yo, I need money right now. Yeah. And he's going, I can get you way more money if you think about it. Slow down. This goes to that. That goes to that. And if you invest it, man, you'll have way more money, let alone you'll have that dog that can breed him again and you can so and so and so. But Earn's like, I need money today. And Earn says straight up, I mean, he points to the dilemma, which is poor people can't think like that. Boom. And I was like, oh. Like, but I mean, like, he understands what's happening, but he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. No. Oh, but if you're man. not paying attention, you'll be like, what was that? This but it's, show is so It's right good. there. So listen, paper watch Atlanta. Boy, paper boy. All about that paper boy. <laughs> watch Atlanta. Trust me. And listen, I'm going to say this. Go watch... Um, Oh, what is the uh, the new movie that came out? Oh, go watch Birth of a Nation. Yeah, that this is from this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. Go watch Birth of a Nation. It's fantastic. Then watch Thirteenth on Netflix. Oh, I watched that this week. Then watch Luke Cage. Yeah, yeah. Happy Black History Month. Go watch I'm this t- month. Look. I'm telling you, every month is Black History. Go month. watch those three things. Hey, th- uh, you need those. It's. I mean, like, it, there's been really amazing, amazing content like good entertainment good education Mm -hmm. just coming forth i have had a an abundance of amazing creative educational enlightening wonderful work uh from black talented performers producers creators i'm just i I think it's awesome Mm -hmm. i think it's really awesome and i did watch 13th this past week pissed me off that was hard it's it's i think it's in my opinion good but it's in my opinion that is i think that's required watching i think you should watch that in television or in school in schools that's stuff you should watch it that's stuff that that none of us learned in schools yeah but when you watch this documentary you're gonna be hard pressed to argue with it and again, this I'm going to say 13th comes along with the same parameters and instructions as Black Mirror. Call somebody, tell them you love them, take care of your fellow man and woman. Like, please, please, please turn that into applicable love. Yeah. Because watching that and storing that inside of you, that's too hard. Yeah. You, you, gotta, you, you have to pull that out sometime. That's, so beside, whew, besides that, I've been playing Mad Max on PS4. Hey, yeah. So that's been fun. Yeah. That's a long that, that's open my, world, that's free my roaming kind of John. Yeah. You yeah. do missions, you go here, you go there, mm-hmm. you know, you ride around your motorcycle, you upgrade your stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's been fun. And um, I got a slow cooker. Hey. So I've been doing some. You got uh, my culinary kidney. That's what that was. Yeah. Alexis yeah. is like, this new kidney is it's fantastic. <laughs> You're cooking and look at this. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that's that's the life update. And now we're going to get into the news. That's right. So start us off here. All right. So I want to start um, on, unfortunately, a little bit of a somber note, but it, it deserves to be pointed out. Uh, Steve Dillon, who is a legend in comic books, mm-hmm. has passed away. He died this week. Uh, he was, in, I think, far too young. But uh, Steve Dillon, you probably know from Hellblazer or Punisher Preacher. or Preacher. Yeah. And Steve Dillon as the illustrator for Preacher and the creator of a bunch of interesting characters, too, over the years, yeah. like Dog Welder for DC and like some really wild stuff. He was a talent. He's awesome. It is a shame to lose him. Peace to him and his family. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if you I haven't original, read, if you haven't read Welcome Back, Frank, uh, I know we've talked about it on I the show that. before. Yeah. If you, if you've seen uh, season two of Daredevil on Netflix, mm-hmm. a lot of that touches in uh, on Welcome Back, Frank, which Steve Dillon worked on with Garth Annis. I It's man, we, we're losing good ones. Darwin yeah. Cook in 2000. Was it this year? Darwin Cook died in 2016. I'm not sure. He's my favorite illustrator. Steve Dillon, for so many people, favorite illustrator. We're losing legends, and it is a shame. But pay homage. Go to your local shop. Pick mm-hmm. up some of their best work. It, it, you won't be hard-pressed to find lots of it. I have an original sketch from him. Do you really? Yeah. Dang. When I went to Comic-Con, uh, I think it was in Philadelphia, he was doing sketches, and I got he do a, a Wolverine Logan, uh, unmasked. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we got that. You got that framed? I have it in my collection. I don't have it framed. Now is the time. Yeah, now is the time to frame that guy. Now is the time. That is something. So I just want to say, you know, love to his family, his co-creators, everybody that's uh, been working with him, his fans even. Um, We're we're sorry to see you go, but we hope you have peace. Mm -hmm. That's that. Now on to some really, really exciting news. Yes. So Amalgam Comics and Coffee owner... Yeah. And the first black female, uh, first black woman to own a comic book shop on the East Coast Mm -hmm. is going to be on a variant cover of Riri Williams' Iron Man book. Is that Invincible Iron Man? Invincible Iron Man. Yeah. Number one. So, our, our, this, uh, like, Ariel Johnson, Ariel is, is the owner. She, I, I like to think that she is a friend of yours and mine. Friend of the show. She's a friend of the show. She is a hell of a woman. Yes, she's just the coolest, the nicest, the most ambitious, and she gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. And she, she makes just had Tanahasi Coates speak at her shop today. Today, this afternoon. Yeah, she's blowing up. And the, th- the thing that gets me about this variant cover, not only is it like so dope that she is on variant for this book, but is her. In her store, in mm-hmm. her business, mm-hmm. the thing that she built, yeah, with Riri Williams, yeah, sitting at that Captain America uh, like coffee table, yeah, man, congratulations, Ariel, you make Philly proud. That's big. Yeah, that's really big. That's big. And this is the best news coming from the Riri Williams uh, uh, port right now. Well, I'll, t- I'll we'll have to tap into a little bit later. Yeah, but this for me, this was very very important. Because we're kind of like counterbalancing the very negative pieces. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have a talk about that, and I think that this is bit this is fantastic. I'm yeah. gonna do my best to find this. I'm gonna get Ariel to sign it. Oh yeah, you know, gotta have that thing in the collection. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. Our first live episode, and so far our only live episode yeah, so far was recorded at Amalgam Comics about the good grace of Ariel Johnson. So, mm-hmm. shouts to you. Shout You're doing you. it. That's really cool. One thing I have to say. Oh. Yeah. About this variant cover. Yeah. 
I have to give all I have to give all my feedback. Excited, happy. This is dope. This is fantastic. This mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Ariel's not that light. Okay. Now, do you find that this is something that happens? Like, do you feel like it's intentional? I think I don't want to read intentionality into anything because I think that's a very slippery slope when you start saying what's intentional. I'm saying what I see. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the picture that they use as a reference. That's right. And then I'm looking at the illustration and I go, okay, I see two different skin tones here. And I think... We're going to talk about this I, with Riri I, too. I, I think that this is... If I assume positive intent, I want to assume that maybe there's a lack of understanding the importance of accuracy yeah. of skin tone. Yeah. I'm not that light. Yeah. And I'd appreciate it if you don't lighten me up for whatever reason. Sure. For, oh, it matches the scheme of the... No, you don't darken up Peter Parker. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm, if I'm a dark-skinned woman, then you're going to draw me, and you show up, and I'm brown-skinned. Yeah. Well, that's not accurate. That's not the color of... That's not my color. Now, and that's, and as, as a person of color, yeah. that's important. And I, and I recognize that there, I think a lot of, and if I can say, if I'm assuming positive intent, I'll assume that people don't recognize the nuance of skin tone. And they're not necessarily looking at that as like, oh, this is something I need to stay true to. That's right. You know what I mean? Oh, I, draw, I drew a brown. It's all the same. And it's kind of like, ah, no, my wife and I are not the same skin tone. Sure. No more than you and I are the same skin tone. Sure, sure. So to make you pasty white, you're not pasty white either. Sure. You know what I mean? So it's it's like all of these things matter. And if anything, I would point that out and I would go, hey, you know, like I don't know why this is the case, but I know me as a person of color, knowing Ariel, go, I, first thing I said was, why is she so light? That's this right. Is, this is great. But why is she so light? And Riri... Is Riri's did like Riri's hair is curlier than that? Yeah. From what I've seen in the past, she has this big giant afro. Yeah. You know, so but here she's got this kind of wavy, kind of laid down thing happening. Yeah. And those those nuances to people of color and representation they have significance. They, they are significant to see a dark skinned black woman with curly hair that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Because hair texture is a thing for people of color. This this is a conversation. Yeah. Oh, girl, you got good hair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's good hair? Why is her hair good? Because it's straighter or wavier and my hair is bad now? Or, you know, and again, yeah. I'm not reading intentionality. I'm pointing it out. And these are things, again, as a person of color, I look at this and I go, huh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, your interpretation of Riri Williams is interesting to me. Why did you draw her like that? Not saying that you're wrong, because again, as an artist, you you are interpreting the character, you know, right. because I saw one where Riri, like a hip hop variant cover where hair is shorter. You That's know what right. I mean? Kind of more. So, I mean, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just pointing it out going, this is great. And sure. Let's look at this too. So one of the things that I, I, I wonder, and I'm just uh, searching around on the internet as, as your, explaining through yeah, this yeah. is uh does it matter if the artist who is depicting that is a black person or not does it matter to me yeah don't think well i don't think we can have a conversation about who can and who can't the only reason i ask is because as we're going to get into riri williams news later in the show uh-huh. soon enough um there's a conversation to be had about the person who drew riri 
on a variant that we really do not like. We'll, we'll get to this story, I promise you. But that person is a white person, and I think there's a lot of cultural ignorance happening there. Now, the person who drew uh, Ariel and Riri at Amalgam Comics, mm-hmm. Randy Green, Randy is a black man. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, is, you know, th- is there anything to read into that? I, that's, why I say, that's why I say I don't want to read intentionality into it, because I yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm doing is pointing out Hey, what I I wonder what's what's this is about? Sure, you know because yeah. I I know her. Yeah, I've looked looked her in the face. Sure, there's a picture right there. Yeah, so you put these two things next to each other. It's like, so what happened here? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like absolutely. she's lighter than Miles Morales. Absolutely. And yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like if I you do, look at I Miles do. Morales in the book, Ariel is colored lighter than Miles Morales. That's right. And you know she she's not. So. Yeah. Oh, you're trying to. I'm not going there, but I am going. So, so what happened? Hmm. How did that happen? Hmm. What's this about? Mm-hmm. And does this matter? Mm-hmm. I say yes. You do yeah. because when a when a when a man, woman, child, whatever looks at this, you know, a darker skinned person is going to go. There's someone in the book that looks like me. Sure. You yeah. know. Right. And then, I mean, the, I, I'm only, only, only assuming positive intent all around as far as this goes. But yeah. something to point out is if, if you are a very dark skinned black person and somebody draws you in, suddenly you're light skinned. The thought is like, why did you think that I should be lighter? And if it happens in reverse, if you're very light skinned and somebody draws you very dark, you think, well, hold up. What, how do you see me? It, right. How do you see me? I do think you it, see the, do you acknowledge yeah. My blackness. That's right. Do you acknowledge the fact that I'm I, I that is, I am not that light? Yeah. Meanwhile, no matter you know, what, like if I get drawn, I'm always going to look that like dark or whatever. A, I'm I'm always going to look like a band aid. Like no matter what, there's no level. Like if you gave me any variety of tan, nobody would ever give me a variety of a tan. There's no melanin. There's nothing happening here. Mm-hmm. It would never happen for a white person. And th- there is a cultural significant significance. There is some value i think asserted when you change an image of someone brian still freeze intentionally he said when we were in comic con he intentionally draws people very dark yeah he actually said i am intentionally creating the darker you more the the darker you are the more like royal the more and prestigious yeah exactly the character is in, i'm intentionally in creating these very dark characters that are very powerful and almost creating this you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so there again i think that there's because when i opened the book i was like oh my gosh well that's funny beautiful and it's not just like black yeah like it's Artful, the, the shading and the coloring, and you know the accentuation of the of the crevices and curves of people's faces and yeah. all of that kind of stuff, and yeah. you know the features of these black people, mm-hmm. they look like they represent a particular people. So even if you were to whitewash them, they still would have facial features that would make you go, "Wait a minute," mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Again, I think that there's room for conversation. This isn't a scenario where I'm ready to jump down anybody's throat, but it is something that I think is important to at least bring up for those who are listening for us to have this conversation and go, huh, mm-hmm. I, didn't even, I, mean, I didn't even look at it like that. Yeah. You know, well, I wonder what that, I wonder why that is. Yeah. 
I mean, while we're on the subject, should we even talk about Campbell? Should we talk about Scott Campbell? Well, if we're already there, we might as well go ahead and do um, it. Because right now, we, we're we on the precipice of this thing. And, and this is something that I think traditionally in Comic Book Junto, we try to save our real heavy yeah. news stories Too late. for a little bit later. But we like, here we are. When I saw this at the top, I was like, ah, oh, no, he's going to say we should put it at the end. But all right, we're already here. But, but this is it. Here we are. Look, here's the thing. Uh, Riri Williams is... Is, is a new hero in the Marvel Universe. And the new Iron Man book, Invincible Iron Man, why it's called Iron Man, I don't know. Well, well she's Iron Heart. Right, she's Iron Heart. And she is the star of this book, Invincible Iron Man. Um, so we'll, we'll find out. We, I have some questions, but we'll, I'm sure a lot of this stuff will be answered in time. But Brian Michael Bendis is writing Invincible Iron Man, Invincible Iron Man number one, we have a story about Riri Williams, 15-year-old, new black superhero. She's in the armor. She's got the fro I mean, everything. And the first time we ever saw the cover with her, uh, I think it's her and Tony Stark. She, speaking of like shade of a black person, mm-hmm. she's, she's a dark black woman. A dark black young woman, I should mm-hmm. say. She's mm-hmm. 15. So I'm excited. A lot of people are excited about this book. And it's getting a lot of variants. When a big book comes out, a big comic that a lot of people are excited for comes out, usually the publisher produces a ton of variants because Marvel wants you to buy as many copies of this as possible. Mm -hmm. We want you to see how many of these variants, different pieces of artwork on the cover you like and just buy them all for all we care. Sometimes some shops get special variants. Midtown Comics, the shop in New York, is getting a special variant. They always get a very special, exclusive Midtown variant. And this one, this one ain't so hot. This one is Riri Williams, 15 years old, looking not like Riri Williams, a 15-year-old girl. Well, what's... Well, go ahead. Keep going. Scott Campbell, uh, J. Scott Campbell is the name of the artist. And J. Scott Campbell is, is an artist who specializes in... Let's call them comic book women. Pinups. Pinups. Like real out of control proportion body types, super skinny, little waist, very big breasts, but always posed in a way that's very sassy and sexualized. Like it's it's just kind of his style. And as far as his art goes, this is his art. This is what he does. Ask him to draw. It's kind of like the Frank Cho thing. Yeah. Ask him to draw his his brand of artwork and this is what we're going to get but in this case what we have is a variant for a book about a 15 year old girl where man her boobs are really big her midriff is showing even more than what we've seen previously the lines leading down to where her crotch is it, i mean it's very suggestive it's pin up it's adult she's a 15 year old girl and it doesn't stop there. She's also been lightened big time, like real light. So a lot of people, myself included, you included. Well, I haven't given my opinion yet. But we have opinions. I have opinions. We have opinions. And one of the things that I, 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 take, uh, I take trouble with is that Campbell defends himself in a tweet and says, I was told to draw this, and th- and I just drew Riri Williams. This is Riri Williams. And doesn't seem to acknowledge the problematic uh, nature of what he drew. Okay. He, it's kind of like he's like, this. I, I don't know what you're talking about. 
This doesn't look sexual to me. He says, I would show it to my daughter. What did he say exactly? Well, he said, I would show it to my daughter. I'm not embarrassed to show this to my daughter. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. But there's no acknowledgement of the kind of the the enhanced sexuality of this character. And I I think that's a problem. I think that's a big problem. Because I think that there's a, a lot to be observed in the historical evidence of people sexualizing young black girls. And I think that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we can endorse this. And Marvel has actually gone so far as to pull the variant. They're no longer going to be releasing it mm-hmm. for sale. So here we are. So the Ariel Johnson thing, dopeness. Why is that dope? Why? Because that's my friend on the cover of a comic book. And I think it is entirely based on her achievements and her mm-hmm. contribution mm-hmm. to our community mm-hmm. and to our culture. I agree. I think that's powerful. How do you feel about how Liberty Williams is illustrated in that book, on that cover? For me, mm-hmm. she looks more like uh, playful. She looks not like quite 15. I don't know why Ariel would be hanging with a 15-year-old in a coffee shop. I don't why know. Not? Why not? Mm-hmm. But she she looks older than 15, so I can't necessarily say that she looks quite her age, Mm -hmm. but there's an innocence to it in that it doesn't seem suggestive to me. What does a 15-year-old look like? What does a 15-year-old black girl look like? Well, I mean, I don't don't think there's a way to describe specifically what a 15-year-old, every 15-year-old black girl looks like. I agree. The problem, I think, is that We've seen Riri Williams as she's been introduced to us. Mm-hmm. This is what Riri looks like. And what kind was of the that? the official release. The, for the the two that I think of, one is the cover for Invincible Iron Man where she's standing with Tony Stark mm-hmm. and she's smaller. She has an outfit that's now kind of recognizable. She has her big hair. She has her dark skin. Her midriff is showing. She kind of has a circle mm-hmm. on the top of her crop top. Mm-hmm. And she's just a lot smaller than... Uh, Tony Stark. Does she look 15? I'll take it. Yeah. Okay. Why does she look 15? I just think the the neutral pose, which says, like, the, the pose that she's put in makes sense to me, mm-hmm. and I can reason that she looks 15. If I look at it and, and somebody were to ask me, how old is this character supposed to be, I, I don't think I would nail that that's a 15-year-old. I would say that looks like a grown woman to me. Yeah. I, I can definitely see that, but it's not, I don't find it problematic in the sense that it doesn't suggest anything to me. What is the, And that's what, what I have a problem what is the, with Campbell. What is, what is Campbell suggesting? Well, I think one of the part, one of the things that is inherently a problem with talking about this on radio in, mm-hmm. in a podcast is you need to be looking at the image to really fully understand what's taking well, place. Well, I've, I've seen all the images. I'm just trying to yeah. get a grasp. So I have some thoughts. Yeah. And I think... The conversation is skipping steps. Yeah. Okay. I think so you think people are having different conversations? Well, I think the conversation is skipping steps. Go on. Oh, Campbell, da-da-da-da-da, he sexualized this woman, blah, blah, blah. If Campbell sexualized her, she was sexualized from picture number one. You think so? Campbell didn't do anything, like, out- outrageous. He just did his version of what y'all already did. Yeah, okay. Like, don't come... If I draw pinups, don't come to me unless you want me to draw a pinup. The Milo Minara, Frank Cho situation. Don't come to me and ask me to draw this woman if you don't like what I do. I I didn't come... Just hear the thought out. Okay. This is is just the the concept here. Okay. That's why I say we're skipping steps because I'm going to get back to the other point. Sure. 
if we are going to jump out the window and go, he sexualized her, then I say, okay, then the first illustrator sexualized her because she's wearing the exact same thing. The person who drew the Ariel cover sexualized her because she's wearing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. Now, oh, well, she's curvier. There are very curvy black 15-year-old women. Now, again, I'm, 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 I am being very like surgical here. I'm not being emotional. I'm being surgical. It's like, wait a minute. What is appropriate for a 15-year-old girl to wear? That's question number one. Before I even get to Campbell, before I get to Ariel's cover, before I get to the original cover, what are we going to dress this 15-year-old girl in? And if we're going to dress this 15-year-old girl in a crop top, then we need to have a conversation about, is that okay? Because to me, the issue is not how Campbell drew her. The issue is, are you okay with your 15-year-old girl wearing a crop top? Is that how we want to represent a black 15-year-old girl to the world from Marvel? So that got okayed, 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 okayed down the line. Then the internet erupts. And now it's, oops, sorry, sorry. But at the end of the day, I would, I would argue that that wasn't a conviction that came within Marvel. Mm-hmm. That was a reaction to the internet because of their blindness to going, hey, you be, you've been sexualizing her from Jump Street, mm-hmm. from Jump Street, mm-hmm. from the beginning. It's not Campbell's fault to me, to me. Now, because if you're going to crucify him, I need to see you crucifying all of them because he made her curvy and he made her sassy. That's what he does. Now, you can say, I think Campbell objectifies women and I have a problem with his art as a whole. And this is just an example of what I don't like. I'm with you. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, I love Campbell's art, but not with a 15 year old girl. It's like, come on, son. What are we doing? Which way way are you going? You can't have it both ways. I think it's fair to say I don't like Campbell's art and I don't like this. And that's fine. Yeah, because but I that's mean, like, not what I'm hearing from what, people. Well, so the position that I'll take is, I mean, well, frankly, if it comes down to being subjective and mm-hmm. just a consumer, it, it, Campbell doesn't have an aesthetic that I like. Fair enough. That's fine. It's personal. That's it's fine. my opinion. That's, that's all fine. there is to it. I do think that there's some level of responsibility as an artist to draw what you've been asked to draw or what you've been paid to draw yeah. for uh, within reason and to serve the community that it's for, right? And I think I I find that there are egregious differences between his depiction of Riri and the depiction of Riri in on the cover where she's standing next to the hologram of Tony Stark. But that's but for that's me not his, there are major differences. But that's not that's not his responsibility to please you. It's his response in my mind. Here's what I do. I'm Frank Cho. This is what I do. You know. What I do. I, I'm not with you on that. I understand, though. but I'm just, I'm giving you my perspective. I hear you. I'm I not hear saying, you. I'm not over. Don't hear me on the mic going, I'm totally okay with objectifying women. Like I say, I'm being surgical. I'm going, I am not being emotional. I'm saying, look, yeah. do you like what he does? Did you know what he does? Did you hire him to do it? Did you okay it after he did it? Okay. So you can't now go, oh man, this is ridiculous. You just okayed it and you've okayed it many times yeah, before. I, You're going to okay you. it many times afterwards and you were okay with her being in a crop top. So my point is, let's take all that off the table because that's almost to me, that's like, that's just, that's a distraction. That's not really the conversation I think is important. Uh-huh. The conversation is, we're okay with representing our young black girls 
Like this? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? I'm not. A, I'm, this is not a judgment. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. So now, if you're okay with representing young black girls like this, understand that different artists are going to have a different take. And if you have a problem with that artist's take, this is a matter of taste now. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. I don't like your look. And that's fine. So that's why I can get Campbell and go, I'm not upset with showing this to my daughter any more than I'd show her the rest of the stuff that I made a living and I feed her, put food on the table with. Yeah, sure. To me, I'm doing my job. Yeah, sure. And if you don't like it, I'm not upset about that. Yeah. He, I read a tweet. He goes, here's the original photo. And that when he made that point, I was like, good point. Here's the original photo, guys. Like, if you don't like mine, why don't you like hers? Uh, why, why don't you like that? Well, it's interesting to me that that you you found that to be a good point. Like he just modeled after what he was given. This was the he resource. Did, he did his version. I don't, if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. But I you just, can't. I can't jump down his throat. Like how dare you? He didn't. He didn't like. But what I'm saying. But here's the thing. Like this dude is a grown man, right? And he says, "What I know, I'm famous for." that I've provided for myself and for my family for mm-hmm. is my artwork. And my artwork looks like this. Yeah. And someone said, draw this character. And I need to know something about this character, right. I suppose. Uh, let's, let's presume mm-hmm. that Marvel says, draw Riri. And mm-hmm. he says, who is Riri? And he gets a sheet. Mm-hmm. And it's, she's going to be the new Iron Man. She looks like this. Mm-hmm. She's 15. Yeah. She's this, this, and this. Yeah. And he says, okay. And he draws in his style. Mm-hmm. I think blame, if there's something done wrong here, blame belongs to a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. Namely, it belongs to Marvel and whoever said, yeah, we should get Campbell to draw That's this. That's what I but I'm with you on that. But at the same time, I'm like, Campbell, how can you be complicit? You, you're not blameless, though. How... How are you going to draw a 15-year-old like this? Because I same, know this same, is what you do. The same, I get the same it. way you drew her like that originally. This is my take. Yeah, I know. But what I'm saying, I'm like, if what he does is normally draw sexualized adults, he wasn't asked to draw an adult. So well, how is he supposed to draw? Not like that. He's an artist. Look, what was he I understand he's do? got a style. But I don't think that you can use the same tropes that have gotten you where you are on everything. My, my thing is, who's, whose job is that? Well, I think it's shared. I do think it's shared. And, I, and, and for what it's worth, I don't think enough, uh, enough it's not credit, but I, I don't think en- enough people are looking at Marvel and saying, who okayed this? That's what, that, like, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm with you because it goes that's to the I'm source. Because me as Bear Fruit, right? When I commission someone to do something, yeah. if it gets on the shirt, website, whatever, and it's garbage, that's on me. Yeah, I'm with you. At the end of the day, that person presented something to me and I accepted it. And this is interesting because, I mean, clearly... Marvel was a part of this. Marvel, someone at Marvel, I, as a company, I don't know who represented the entire company, but someone at Marvel mm-hmm. said, "This is the artist we want to have to do mm-hmm. the Midtown." And everybody exclusive. was like, "Yeah, oh, sounds good." And they, I mean, they made the damn mock-up for the cover, and they were like, "They oh, got the great. title this on it. Awesome. They got the names. They got the the UPC code. Yep. Everything is on it." And then they released it, and then there's backlash. So yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It is it's messed up that everybody's going to be like, "Campbell, what the hell is wrong with you? You're a monster." And you got to look, and Campbell's got to be like I, I i did with it because you have to remember when you are a commi- commissioned artist what's your job uh, to do what you were paid to do thank you yeah. so it's my it's i 
you don't know how many revisions, you don't know how many yeses and nos, you don't know how many change this, twist that, add that, remove that, do this, do that. You have no clue what happened back there. Yeah. All you know, commission, finished project. And if you ever commissioned anybody to do anything, anything from putting a roof on your, your, your house to designing a t-shirt, you know there's revisions and revisions and revisions. And at the end of the day, that person's job is to do what you tell them to do. Yeah. It's not to do what they want to do. Sure. So after he's done it, and it, I think it's Marvel's responsibility to go. You know what? This was out. This was us. You know what this says to we, me too. We did this. It I, wasn't. It wasn't him. He did what we commissioned him to do. If you got a problem, you ultimately need to have a problem with us because yeah. we're the ones who did it. The same way there's somebody at Marvel who okayed the skin tone of Ariel and Riri. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somebody said looks good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not about to jump down the illustrators. I think the illustrator did a fantastic job. Yeah, it looks great. But I'm not. But you, you know what I mean. So that's why for I feel me, you. I, th- I think I think what's interesting is uh, clearly Marvel, Campbell, whoever was involved in this whole thing, mm-hmm. y'all, you made a mess. This was a mess for, like you said, this was a mess from from the jump. This is not okay. And someone needs to be able to be. Uh, I, I guess somebody's got to own this. Yeah. And it's not necessarily fair if only Campbell owns this because someone paid Campbell to do this and somebody and said, some, yep, this is exactly what it is. Somebody signed off. So here's what I glean from this. And I think this, at the end of the day, this is what I take away from this, this as a whole. There are not enough people of color and there are not enough women at the top at Marvel because I think People, I don't want to be I don't want to be too presumptuous here, but I believe that if there were more black people, people of color, and women, mm-hmm. I don't think this would have been released. Yeah. I don't think we'd be having this conversation. Yeah, and so because you, you're fully correct that it doesn't belong only to Campbell. This this is just a mess. Here's what here's what I do want to say. I'm going to make this statement. Yeah, I have an issue with how Riri Williams has been depicted from Jump Street. Yeah. From jump. Now, the you know different artists take on that is one thing. But I see these sketches of Riri Williams now, these new sketches, yeah. and I'm like, I like that. Like Civil War Six. I, I mean, like that. Yeah. I, li- I like I like I like what I'm seeing here. I like to me when I look at this and I think about like I watched a documentary on, you know, um, like just like how women are depicted in media yeah. and I'm not a woman, so I can't imagine to know, but it gives me some insight to hear from women. Absolutely. And just hearing about how like from a very young age, it's like this and that and pretty and this, and you're so pretty and you're so pretty and you're so pretty. And you start to recognize like, well, my skin's too light, it's too dark. Mm-hmm. I got fat here and there, mm-hmm. my eyes, my cheekbones, my lips, my this, my that, you know what I mean? And then, and if, and if we're going to say Marvel's going to go 15 year old black girl, crop top stomach showing like yeah i have a problem with that me personally i don't necessarily want the 15 year old black girls in my life to necessarily look at that and go this is what a black young superhero looks like and this is what i should aspire this is what i should aspire to that's my issue it's not campbell campbell i'm not even worried about campbell like my issue is y'all started this from jump put a put a I think it'd be appropriate to put a little more clothes on her. And this goes that 
from the beginning mm. goes to the sexualization, the over-sexualization of black women in media, yeah. making them like the like these these you know like exotic trophy kind of sexual beings. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, when it comes down to it. We also have Moon Girl. Right. And Moon Girl... Significantly different. It, it, like, I want to be really careful when I when I have a conversation on this topic, because for me, I didn't find the original cover with Riri on it to be problematic, but now, as we speak, it's easy for me to look backward and be like, okay, I see how this poses a problem. And now, But here's the other piece, here's the flip side. Some people are totally okay. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong. It's not wrong. Yeah. The crop top is not wrong. But it is a decision. But it is something in my mind that goes, same way I go, why'd you make her lighter? Mm-hmm. Same question goes, why we put her in a crop top? I'm yeah. not ready to, to make make a judgment call, but I am going, really? And meanwhile... Is this, is this what, like, have you done any research on, like, what the fashion is of... 15-year-old black girls? Yeah. Like, is this what you is this what you look out into the world and see? Yeah. Maybe it is. Sure. Because I'm not a 15-year-old black girl, and I don't hang out with them. So I'm not speaking as a person of authority, mm-hmm. but I am going, yeah. Sure. This is, she looks she looks grown to me. And every, even on the amalgam cover, she looks grown to me. Yeah. But if you're honest, there's some 15-year-olds who look grown. So, like, it, it's, 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 yeah. it's, you know. There's some gray area. It's... <sighs> We've been on this for an hour. This is this so is you know, but this is good. But something that I do think is interesting, and, and we're gonna see this time and time again, forever until the end of time, when there's a problem and people express their opinion on the internet, we lose track of nuance very quickly. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. That's why I saved my conversation till we got here. Understandably. Yeah. Understandably. And I think there are a lot of emotions to be had, and you, you kind of need to express experience each one at each level and then take a moment and be like let me let me compile all of this stuff and figure out how it fits in with how i actually feel what is actually the problem how do how do i express how i feel mm-hmm. even if it's just confusion or this just makes me feel off and i don't even understand yeah but well, frequently we don't see that being the case online on mm-hmm. the tweeters yeah it's just not something that I, I think people exercise um for lack of a character limit or what i don't know right uh so it's a in my opinion it is a good thing that this variant is being pulled because it doesn't make sense uh-huh. and in my opinion in civil war two issue six which is one of our books of the week mm-hmm. riri williams looks like a 15 year old black girl and I really like the way she looks in a giant suit of armor because it reminds me of how tiny she is mm-hmm. wearing a giant suit of armor. Yeah. It's like she got to come in rolling in in this tank because she's 15. Right. She's a kid. And I at no point in time did I lose track of that. And if that's going to be a part of her character that's important, then I'm happy that the illustration reminds me of it. Mm-hmm. So... We got to talk about how we we have to. It's a much more nuanced conversation. I just personally didn't like seeing everybody jump on the illustrator like it's all on him, you know. And I think, like I say, we're skipping steps. The real conversation is: Are we okay with depicting a fifteen-year-old black girl like this? And if we are, okay, understand that mm-hmm. people are going to have their variations on that take. And if it gets a little out of hand, you know, you might have to look at the source material. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He didn't create that from scratch like he did his version 
of what you guys did originally. So if you don't like what he did, maybe that should make you go, maybe we should look at a redesign. I want to know who signed off on it more than anything. That's, because I think that's going to be very telling. That's who, that, that, if, any, if there's anybody that I have any kind of like pushback on, it's the people who ultimately, and then it goes back to, well, who's, who's in that room? Yeah. Did anybody go, hey, 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 hey. Uh, my, 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 I got a 15-year-old, 16-year-old daughter, and she don't look like that. She don't dress like that, and none of her friends do either. Yeah. They're kind of more like this here. Let me show, let me give my, let me t- show you some photos. This is a little bit more about, like, let me show you some of her classmates. He's pulling out pictures in his this, wallet? This is more, yeah, he pulls his wallet out. He's like, <laughs> this is, the, I, I mean, because, you know, my daughter is about, about 16, and I think, I mean, if she want to put on some stuff, and sometimes we got to tell her no, because, you know, you ain't that grown yet. You know, because we don't want, you know, men looking at your body, okay? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever your name is, because we want, you know, and these are the conversations that I remember when I was a young kid, and even I hear adults talking to their teens now, young women going, look, you know, there's a time and a place for wearing certain kinds of things, and certain things represent certain kind of stuff. Um, and at the same time, you also have freedom to be able to express yourself. And it's not this black and white conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not here to say crop tops are wrong. We're not here to say crop tops are right. But it definitely is a very nuanced conversation. And I just had a problem with people kind of having this hard stance. How dare you? And I'm like, come on, y'all. It is not that we, we I can't just stand around here and go, yeah, and join the mob. It's like there's more nuance to it than that. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. If anything, a lot of anger and frustration, uh, I think is warranted, but maybe misguided and it belongs to people at the top. And that's what should be happening is we need to see representation in creators Mm -hmm. and decision makers. Mm -hmm. Because if we're going to be influencing a culture and contributing to the future of what this culture looks like of comics and comic book fans and geekdom, it's that, that that those decisions that future cannot be made by white guys alone. That's just not how this works. Mm-hmm. Especially if we're going to play that we're being inclusive, we're diverse now. Like no 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 no. You you can't just fill one position and say we're done. And the truth of the matter is, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a woman. I've never been one, so I have no clue. You know what I mean? Like so, it might be helpful for me to speak to some women. Sure. You know, to get some illustrators in here to you know. Like some some black women, like mm-hmm. that would be helpful if we're going to go down that road. So, shout out to Marvel in even ha- in even doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But these are the bumps in the road that come, and there's grace for everybody involved. As far as I'm concerned, sure. As far as the amalgam cover, love it. And at the same time, here's some here's some things I noticed. Mm-hmm. As far as what's going on with Riri Williams and actually having her have her own book, and I'm excited. Here's some things to consider at the same time. And it's not all I hated. I love it. It's I love it. And there's still some opportunities to continue to grow. Shout out to Marvel for even doing it. I'm thankful and I can't wait to see what happens next because yeah. I'm going to be picking it up. I'm going to try to get my wife to read it, you know, and if it's, if it's dope, if it's something that I think I'm going to even pass it off to my, you know, my young nieces, yeah, you know, and some of the young women in my life to be able to give them a character that they can look to. Like Moon Girl is a great character that I can give to them at a young age where it's like a funny kind of silly comic book with a little black girl that's like, oh, that that's something that I could see myself in. So yeah, I want to shout out Marvel for even doing it. I don't want this to. Wa- I don't want people to walk away going, "I hate Marvel" or "How dare they?" 
You know, yeah. I mean, it's both sides. Anyway, this has been NPR's Code Switch. Uh, <laughs> my name is Karen Grigsby Bates. I really appreciate it. Debbie. <laughs> Thank you no, so much not. for your five stars positive comment. Well, we just spent an hour on that one topic. But it, we de- it deserves that. I agree. It I agree. deserves I'm that. not mad. I'm just thinking about, do we need to just go on to talk back? Let me, let's, let's just do some real quick bullet points so we can say we've at least mentioned it. Okay. Donald Glover is Lando Calrissian. Excited. That's the best thing of all time. I want to know how he feels about Colt 45. Yes. That's my personal And I want to know curiosity. if they're going to let him keep his hair. Oh. Because I, I think it would be so dope if he kept his hair the same. Yeah. Because, you know, Billy D. Williams had, like, the perm type situation. Yes, he did. But, come on, 2016. Earns hair in... Who's, who's walking around with a perm? <laughs> no, it's not. Not many black men walk around with a perm. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think... A long, think, long time ago in a galaxy far right. away. But I think Donald's hair now would be, like, a really cool, like, yeah. look for a newer version of Lando. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that that hair would fit in that world. I agree. Or some version of that. I agree. Um, there was a Red Band trailer for Logan. Yes. And I don't understand why we got two trailers. Because the Red Band has, I don't know, two very brief scenes very brutal of ultra violence. Yeah. Very little. Just about nothing else changed. That's all I'm watching. You get like two snicks that we did not get before. I'll take them. Um, How do you feel about it? I feel good. I'm excited. I'm it, like, I'm, it didn't I'm change my excited. mind. I, I, I'm more, I was excited, but like. Anything X-Men that comes out, I'm kind of like, I'm going to go see it. But this, I'm like, oh, I'm excited. Yeah. You know? I'm excited, too. You have my attention. Logan's looking good. Doctor Strange apparently is excellent. Yeah. You and I are planning, hopefully, going to see it next week. Yeah. Uh, Now, it has a perfect rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. Nah, it's early. Look, it's, it I, is I, not Rotten out Tomatoes, yet. Like the movie's not out yet. Whether something's really bad or really good, I'm kind of just like whatever. You know what I mean? I don't really yep. make any judgments off Rotten Tomatoes because they're so all over the place. You can't really like, can't really call it. AT and T and Time Warner own the world. Yes, I think that's important to point out. They have purchased uh, Warner Brothers. That's right. HBO. Everything. Um, so now they own Batman. Everything. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how AT&T with media and television and a la carte stuff and data and you know how data works and like, are they going to start to make? Because right now, AT&T, DirecTV, DirecTV is free. It yeah. doesn't use your data. That's right. Well, yeah. Netflix does use your data. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So are they going to start doing special deals with all the stuff they own to to like entice people to come to AT&T? I think everything's going to get more expensive. We have fewer choices. It's a problem. I mean, it's, this is an antitrust problem. It's a monopoly problem. This, mm. It's just not... This is not good. It's just like future one giant company owns everything not good. Mm. Um, and yo, after watching 13th, I'm like, oh God. A lot of these companies, yeah, make me sad. Are part of that that John, oh, Alec, and all that. Oh, that one John. So look, it's this is foreboding. They they took it. AT and T uh, uh, took it for a cool eighty five point four billion dollars. B with B. a B. You know how many ET posters you could buy with that? Goodness, so how many, many. bat pods? So many more. So many Batmobiles. Yeah, AT and T. If you need some places to throw some money. Um, you Be can the find Medici us, family for Comic Book Junto. Yeah, please. you can find us at, at Comic Book Junto on Twitter. Uh, Deadpool 2. We have some rumors about Deadpool 2. Yeah, the director from the last Deadpool is no longer. Yeah, he's directing. out. He walked off. And it, my understanding is there was a creative difference between he and Ryan Reynolds himself. Yeah, word on the street is they had a beef over 
who should play um who should play uh cable well it's the dude from don't breathe easy solved it we've decided that already it's but done. apparently they haven't gotten the message okay. they need to listen to the show okay so you guys need to tweet at ryan reynolds <laughs> and at deadpool movie and at whoever else and let them know that we already figured it out yeah we got it um but the other word on the street like a little bit more clarity um here's here's coming straight from um this is off comicbook.com. The rap is now reporting that there may have been some more truth uh, to the differences in style than originally thought. According to their sources, Miller wanted to make a very different movie from the vision of Ryan Reynolds and the writers. Uh, while the trio wanted to make a film uh, with a slightly lower budget focusing on the gritty tone and vulgar, and vulgar humor... Tim Miller wanted to take the film in a broader audience. Miller wanted to triple the budget of the first Deadpool film, which was $58 million, and focus on a sleeker style. In his vision, the sequel would adopt a format more like the other big-budget superhero films. Hmm. The two sides couldn't meet in the middle on the issue, and it was Miller who ended up getting the boot. Fox wasn't about to lose Ryan Reynolds, who is the biggest driving force behind the film's success. Easily. And they knew that the fans wanted to keep Deadpool true to his edgy roots. So let me ask you this. Given that we don't have a director on Deadpool 2, we know Deadpool 2 is coming. Um, who would you choose? Fan cast it. Who, who, who would you choose to direct this? Well, before I looked in the internet, I wouldn't have said this, but now they said it. It's obvious Quentin Tarantino. Tarantino, really? That's what they're like. There, there. He would a, never do it. There is a change.org oh, for Quentin Tarantino no. to direct Deadpool number two. This, this, this was the same guy who wanted his money back from Suicide Squad. Not enough Joker scenes. And another thing, Quentin Tarantino, I need you for Deadpool two. He would never come in on a. I do not believe he would ever come in on a franchise and do the sequel. I just don't think he would do it. But that would be astonishing. Imagine it. <laughs> Think about it. That would be Internet, astonishing. think about it. I want Wes Anderson. Can you tell me who Wes Anderson is? <laughs> the Royal Tenenbaums, The Life Aquatic, Rushmore. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. Lee Bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm <laughs> just saying. I just want to see something a little different. That's all. All right. Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones season two has not gotten started yet, but we do know that it is coming. And the big news that's coming out from, from that outlet now is all of it will be directed by women. Word up. Every episode directed by women. I like it. I think they're rules. That's a step in the right direction. I'm excited look. about that. That is a good look. And Walking Dead. Gotta mention it. Spoilers. <sighs> Spoilers. 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 Yeah. Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Season 7. Episode 1. Yeah. Season premiere. Mm -hmm. Spoilers yeah. for that episode. Yes. If you are still listening and you get spoiled, it's your freaking fault. Three, two, one. It's your fault. It's your fault. Lucio's a vampire bat. <laughs> Yo. Did you watch it? No. Come on, man. No. And this one especially. Come on, man. No. This is like... Adam, this is everything I don't want. Adam, you know I, you know how I feel <laughs> about graphic depictions of violence. Come on, man. I can't even. And look, we talked about this last time. We're at episode 100. I've read or issue 100 yes. of the comic. Yes. I've read issue 100 of the comic. I do not need to relive that again. Oof. Certainly not in 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 moving sound and color. I don't need it. It was amazing. You thought it was amazing? Yes. But most people have been panning this well, thing. Well, some people have been panning. I mean, like, people that I really respect, like some of my favorite media critics. What are they saying? Uh, they said that it is dumb, 
They said that it is. That sounds like Trump in the debate. Need, no, you're a puppet. <laughs> no, you're a puppet. No, no, you're a puppet. But they said like more. No, you're dumb. Moreover, is kind of a confirm. This is it's a confirmation of my bias. So let me just go ahead and say it's a confirmation of my bias. Okay. But it is. I think that the show is needlessly violent. I think it's kind of pornographic in how violent it is. Sure, it is. And it bothers me. I don't yes. like that. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. It is excessive violence, just like the comic book and just like all six seasons ahead of it. Yo. The, I don't understand. Let me say this. I don't understand <laughs> why people are surprised. But like, I'm just... I'm it's just, The Walking Dead. No, but I'm just, I'm choosing myself out of it. That's all. I'm just choosing myself out. Uh-huh. I see what this picture is. I see the contents. Yeah. And I'm saying, not for me. Okay. Not for me. But here's what I'm saying. Okay. <clears throat> the Walking Dead. <laughs> Season seven, episode one, season premiere was fantastic. I, I love it comicbook.com. Thank you, comicbook.com, for everything you've ever done for this show. We use a lot of your stories. Yes. Y'all spoiled everything. Oh, I didn't look at your it. headlines. I, I, see, that's listeners. See, see, that's why you should be a part of Black Guy Congregation. How much? What am I supposed to do? Don't look at it until you watch the episode. <laughs> if I'm checking this website for our show, Octavius, you have to watch the episode first. Oh, my God. If, if, Doing this show <laughs> requires that I watch Walking Dead. He's like, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I can do this. Yeah, I don't know. Well, look, I'm not going to talk about what happened. Y'all know what happened if you watched it. That's right. But it was super violent. Yeah. And I'll tell you, as someone who read the comic book, again, spoilers, so as someone who read the comic book, as issue 100, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. You, know who gets the, you know who gets the bat. Mm-hmm. And what they did is someone else got it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh, they're going to do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then the person got, and then like when the original person from the book got it and it was exactly like the comic. Yeah. To like panel for panel, like everything. And I loved it because for people who haven't read the book, they got this, you know, gut-wrenching experience. But for people who did read the book, they gave us a... They they they, they 52 faked us. They faked mm-hmm. us out. They made us think, oh, it's going to be him. And it surprised us with the other one. Yeah. I say, attaboy, bravo. Now, here's what we got going on. The parents, parents' Television Council's pissed off. And, and for the record, Parents' Television Council sounds really conservative and dorky and dumb. But like, for the record... What Walking Dead did in episode one of season seven was some unprecedented graphic violence on television. Sure. So I just want to, uh, we'll put it out there. I mean, like, dang, they raised the stakes. Yeah. They raised the stakes. Yeah. So, of course, this is the exact response that you know AMC expected to receive. Yeah. This is just playing out par for the course. And here's what I have to say. Let people tell you the story they want to tell you. Listen. Turn it off if you don't like turn it. Turn it off. Yeah. Turn it off. Nobody told you to what? Well, are my kids, why are your kids up at 10 o'clock at night? Well, it starts at 9. Why are they up at 9 o'clock watching The Walking Dead and then watching The Talking Dead for an hour and a half afterwards? Ain't they supposed to go be going to school tomorrow? That's not in do your Do your job as a parent and take care of your children. <laughs> you ain't got no business watching The Walking Dead in the first place. I don't want to hear it. If you got your kids watching The Walking Dead, somebody get their head splattered all over the ground. That's your fault. That's yeah. that's that's not their fault. They didn't make it for kids. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I don't. I really, I really don't want to hear it personally. AMC is is saying, and show creators are saying, look, we rated it as it was supposed to be rated. It is TV TVMA. There you go. But the, I think what this is is the product of TVMA and desensitization. Mm-hmm. We're we're used to what TVMA looks like. And this is really raises stakes 
in a way that maybe some people did not expect. It's par for the course for The Walking Dead. And if you're a fan and you're a reader of the comic, you should have seen this coming. You, I, I'm just saying this. You have no right to be offended if you were a Walking Dead fan from the comic and you watch this and you're upset. You have Don't no right. Don't go to the butcher shop if blood makes you faint. But but for what it's worth... You, you feel what I'm saying? I, I hear Don't you. Don't go to the butcher shop if blood makes you faint. The question, Send somebody else. The question is, is TV, TVMA enough? Does there need to be a more severe thing? Like People want to know, do we need to step it up in terms of how we put a disclaimer out? Maybe. Because, yo, what? Maybe. And I think that that's fair. But in the same way I'm defending Campbell. The eyeball. Yes. 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 You got everything. You got Adam is like putting his forehead on the mic right now. You got I got cut open and they took stuff out of me and I'm like, I want to see that. Let me see what that looks like. I'm good with gore. I can see that. But that eyeball. Now let me tell you, as someone who's read read the comic, if you feel disturbed. You right. should. You should. Yeah. If you feel messed up inside, you should. It's supposed like you don't watch that and go, I want to go pick some flowers. Everything is right in the world. You're supposed to, you know what you're supposed to feel like? You're supposed to feel like you just left a really good haunted house. Okay. Scared, upset, disturbed, bothered. Why am I laughing at Negan and I'm pissed off at him at the same time? It's like the Joker. Like yeah. Negan's really funny and really evil at the same time. And it doesn't make you feel right inside. That's good writing. Yeah. That's good directing. That's a good TV show. It's supposed to make you upset. You're supposed to go home or, or turn the episode off and go, oh my God, I don't know if I can keep watching that. Because I'm going to tell you, full transparency, I literally remember reading issue number 100. Oh, yes. And after I closed it, I said out loud, I don't know if I can keep reading this. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm with you in that place, yep. but I think, I think, you know, the people who wrote it are like, good, good, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah. good. That's good. exactly, you're so, th- you know what I mean? Like, you're supposed <sighs> to feel like that. You're supposed to feel good. Just like when Superman saves the day, you feel like, ah, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. Negan busts somebody's head up and he goes to go, ah. I'm terrified. And mm-hmm. then you see the next episode and it unfolds. It's, 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 it's number one, guys. Mm-hmm. Take it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, take it easy. It's okay. They already approved season eight. So yeah, they already approved season 12, I'm sure. And my understanding is the people who, who, who bit it in this one are just going to get killed again in the first episode of season eight. They're just going to replay it. Yeah. That. They're just going to replay it over and over. But aren't you excited to see this whole Negan thing on No, I dislike this aren't show. You, aren't you excited to see? Rick says, I'm going to kill you. Is he actually going to kill him? How is he going to deal with that? Now Rick has gone from being the, the toughest guy ever to actually being... You know what really scares me? What's that? I have never, ever seen more people passionately lobby for violence to come to a child than fans and viewers of The Walking Dead. As Walking Dead is airing on my Twitter timeline, people are like, why didn't you should have done that? You should have done this to Carl. How is Carl still alive? Get Carl out of here. A lot of people like, because there was that, there was a moment with Carl. There's a whole, there's the whole thing with Carl. Yeah. And people are like, should have done it. Should have done it. That mo- and no, I'm like that that, that moment that moment you animals. That <laughs> you fiends. You animals. You all monsters. <laughs> but that moment, I my my I'm sweating. My heart's beating. And I mean, Andrew Lincoln is acting his face off. Rick Grimes. Oh, 
Rick Grimes. When, no, please. It could be me. Please. Please. No, I don't even like you doing this. Yo. Right. Yeah, I don't like this. Acting his face off. I, I got to talk about anything else right All right. Now. Yeah. Okay. So same rules apply Ugh. to Black Mirror. Same rules apply <laughs> to 13th. Same rules apply to recapping The Walking Dead season one, <laughs> season seven, episode one. After this, no more Walking Dead talk for at least two days. Call your mom. Call your best friend. Adam, I love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, brother. <laughs> so you got you to bring it up. Bring some kind of warmth to yeah. you and yours. Um, the very last thing we have in our news, Wonder Woman uh, was a it was made recently the, the symbol of women empowerment in the United Nations. She has been made the mascot and symbol and icon and figurehead for women empowerment in the UN. But there are no human women who are brought in. That is correct. So so that's messed up. What's going on? That's not okay. So a lot of people in the UN, they, as a nerd, I read this, I was like, yo! And then I look into it, I'm and like, you read no! Yeah, so in all of and its 70 the whole years... Idea of like a, a white woman covered in the American flag? Yeah, not... Is no. The representative. I don't in, know. In all of its 70 years, the UN has never had a, a, a woman president. That's a problem. And this department, the Department of, of uh, Empowerment of Women, is not a real human being. Is is a comic book character. And a white comic book character. I mean, like, this is a problem. This is... It, Unfortunately, even though I love Wonder Woman, yeah. she can't travel to other places and talk about what it's like to be who she is. I mean, like, this is this like pacification <laughs> slash pandering? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm asking. There's a question mark at the end of that. That's not a statement. I, I don't know who... You know what's even crazier? Let's go back to the Riri Williams-Campbell thing for a second. Apparently, no one will own up to who made this decision at the U.N., no one is claiming so credit. So people tried to jam them up, and they're like, who made this decision? Everybody was no like, one raised hey, their what hand. are you guys going to do for lunch? So there was a protest. Was like, uh, there are a lot of people falafel. who are really upset. Staffers. A pace around here. People are saying, hey, look, real women deserve a real ambassador. I am not a mascot. It's, man, I love Wonder Woman. I love you, Diana Prince, but... You're not a real person. This ain't it. You can't really advocate this for us. ain't it. You can't really advocate for, for, for women. So I'm really hoping at some point in time, look, Marvel, there's grace for you. So I hope there's grace for the UN. There's, hey, look. For the United Nations. But you got to get it together because that, that is a misstep. You can't be doing that. And if you turn this around and you pull Wonder Woman out from her position as ambassador and you put Minnie Mouse in there, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Get a get a real human being get in there, please. Get a real human being. Get a real human being. I'd like to elect Solange Knowles. I would like to elect Solange Knowles because I watched try, Cranes in the Sky this morning. Away. Yeah, tried to put one in the air. Yeah, yeah, man, that album is fantastic. Yes, it is. And I, I finally got around to watching those music videos. Uh, and I watched Don't Touch My Hair. Oh my god. Mm. Also, like, I don't know if you're a fan of Sampha. Yes. But Sampha is so good. Yeah. And I just, it, after seeing Sampha and, and hearing Sampha on Crane's uh, uh, Don't Touch My Hair, I'm just, I, I love that dude. I, I listen to so much of his music and I never really realized how much of a big part he was of Subtract, S B T R K T. He's the man. He's the man. Anyway, tangent. The news is over. That's all we got. That didn't take so long, huh? Yeah. Look, look how much. Look how much. Hour, stamina. hour and fifteen minutes. New can, new kidney. I'm back. Dang. 
All right, so let's get in the talk back. So this is the part of the podcast where we talk back to you guys when you guys talk to us. So if you want to submit some questions to us, you can submit questions using hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter. You can also send us an email to comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. That's J-U-N-T-O at B-3-A-R-F-R-U-I-T.com. Also, you can leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. And from there, we can, you know, read some of those as well. You can also leave us comments on our SoundCloud page. And as you listen along, you can leave comments on different parts, on specific parts of the show. So I'm going to get into some reviews. Um, do we have any, do we actually have any questions today? We do have a question. In fact, we have a question from Twitter. Uh, we have a question from Alex Hillman. Hey, you know, him. my man, I know him. Uh, Alex Hillman sent us a question, which uh, I wanted to get to actually in a previous week, so I'm glad he asked us this mm-hmm. on Twitter. He says, okay, I have two questions. One, Captain Planet was only on for two years? That, was it? That confounded me. I thought, no, it's been on forever. But yeah, in fact. So it's just been like reruns for years. Yeah, it was just syndicated forever. How many episodes of Captain Planet do we have? Because it seems like there's like... Very, very. It seems like it has as many seasons as like the Fresh Prince. Well, uh, you know yeah, what I'm saying it does. It does. But the reality was, it was. Uh, let's see. It was broadcast September 15, 1990, to December 5, 1992. Do we have how many episodes there were? Uh, how many episodes because, have there like been? I say, like I, I, you know, I can't sit here and like. What's your favorite Captain Planet episode? I have no idea. All I know is the one guy was like, "Water, tart." <laughs> Queen. I don't know Water. how many episodes there have been, but it's it it's Earth. not that many. I'm just surprised, frankly. But at the same time, I guess you run out of episodes quick. I mean, like, when, when do you, we do the John with the fish and the soda containers? What about the uh, one with the turtle and the thing where he's got the uh, where, he, where he's got the thing stuck in his nose? Hey, let's do hey, an Charlie, episode. Did we do the nose? Did we do the turtle nose thing? We did an episode about ah. recycling twenty six times. Twenty six yeah, times. Yeah, we we did the recycling one. Uh, well, what else did we do? Um, yeah, we did recycling, uh, Captain Planet, where he comes together with the kids. Yeah, that's the show. The one with the kids. Yeah. You know, you got all the black kid, the white kid, the girl, yeah. uh, the brown kid. I don't know what he is. What, what's, what's the, hey, hey, Tommy, what's the brown kid? Yeah. Is he Indian? Who is this? He's an Indian? Who's Hart? Got the, uh, the, the Hart guy. Yeah. The, the brown kid. Yeah. So we got them all together. Uh. Yeah, I uh, I think they have they have they yet brought pollution down to zero yet. <laughs> no, we no. zero. The, uh, where, the, where are we? The, I I'm pretty sure that the series has ended prior to them being able to bring pollution down to zero. So they didn't actually accomplish it. My understanding, uh, as told by Gary Johnson, is the sun will eventually grow large and consume the planet anyway. Oh. So I think pollution bring, bringing pollution down to zero and stopping a pig man, a man who is also a pig, was one of the villains. Mm. Not high on the priority list. I don't think Captain Planet finished the job. I do they think actually- Don Cheadle... <laughs> attempted to finish the job. Oh my god! But the uh, the the second Did they question eff- eff- effectively uh, helped them put us under to bad guys who like to loot and plunder. Oh, you know what? That's a really good question. Did that ha- did that happen? Did I, they actually get to do that? I don't think they stopped the eco villains, Commander Clash, or hoggish greedly i don't think they stopped all of them for sure okay i didn't see any episodes where they were put away for life and or executed for their crimes against okay. the planet got it so i think they're still around somewhere but maybe they learned a lesson 
I don't know. Are they being rehabilitated in the in the uh, criminal justice system? One of the bad guys was named Duke Nukem. Duke Nukem. Duke was, Nukem was in this. Duke Nukem was in this show, and he got his own spinoff video. And game? he was made a bad guy, Did a he have doctor shades? who changed himself into a radioactive mutant who represents the misuse of nuclear power. And the third villain to appear. Dang. He is one of the few eco-villains along with Zarm and Captain Pollution. Dang. Duke Nukem. Yeah. Anyway, look. Zarm sounds like a pasta of some kind. Mm. Not an eco-villain. go for some pasta. Uh, And it seems to me like the the job is not done. The second question from Alex Hillman is, uh, what is this? And he links us to The Hollywood Reporter. And the title of this piece is Leonardo DiCaprio, Glenn Powell, teaming up for Captain Planet movie. So Leonardo DiCaprio's studio, uh, Appian Way Productions, uh, are apparently looking to, uh, they're looking to take pollution down to zero. Oh, okay. With, uh, I don't know if this okay. is a great reboot or what this is. I don't know how I feel about this. Before this we have be animated? Any, I don't think so. I think this is live action. Interesting. If Don Cheadle's not Captain Planet, Wow, I want my money back. I haven't paid for nothing yet. But I want it anyway. I already want my money back yeah. because that has been tried and true, proven masterpiece yes. as far as I'm concerned. But I, uh, I don't know, man. It, in in our time when nostalgia is commodity, man. this does not surprise me at all. Yeah, I want you to fan what cast is, the what? director once again. Who directs this film? Oh my gosh, Ugh. who directs? Oh, uh, who's the bull who just did Miss Pepperdine's? Oh, I don't know. Who, Miss Pepperdine's School for Children? Oh, oh, yeah. What's um, his name? Yeah, Miss per- Peregrine School Ms. for Peregrine? Peculiar, Chil- Peculiar yeah. Children, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. There we That's go. That's right. That's right. Super, Sorry, super. whole cast of Captain Planet. All of you are white. That's right. In this film. Hey, uh, uh, the brown kid, white. Black kid, white. Yeah. Girl, man. Uh, who else? What are we doing? Yeah. Uh, we're not getting pollution down to zero, no. uh, at least until we have one sequel. All right? Yeah. Charlie, we're not at zero yet, are we? We're no. not at zero? Okay, we're good. No, we so we got at least to two go. movies. We have a long way to go. Why is that guy zero. the guy who's always making the decisions about everything? That's a really good question. I want to see Spike Lee. It's an old I want to see, see a Spike Lee joint. Captain Planet. Oh, my God. So badly. I do. Oh. Yeah. Listen. I'm just saying. Do the right thing. Keep, about recycling. Keep, keep Ava Duvernay, Duvernay away from this. She got too many other important things to be doing. Uh, well, hey, look, what would Captain Planet be doing right now other than probably talking about what Ava Duvernay is talking about? I'm like, I feel like saving the planet looks maybe a little bit different. It's about pollution. He's not about he's not about the correctional system. Okay. What about political pollution? Oh. Huh? Corruption. Uh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Listen, so where's Karnak at? If he can see the flaw in everything, can he see the flaw in the criminal justice system? That's a really good question. You know, can you see the flaw in the prison system? Karnak, see, these people got these, these convenient powers. Yes, they do. You know what I'm saying? And, and like without really flexing them, like Karnak, as an inhuman, as a Marvel character, goes around doing what? Pointing out the weakness of things? He's, just, he's the ultimate hater. Yeah. He's just going around consistently criticizing people. That's not your real hair. You, you, oh, my. <laughs> oh my god! Look, you getting ready? You're going out to a gala. You got all nice. You're wearing like n- nice threads. This is the nicest suit you've ever put on in your whole life. Yeah. You've never looked so adult. Yeah. You've never felt so accomplished. You're Karnak, my man. How do I look? It's like your hair's parted the wrong way. Oh, but, dude, you got a loose thread, and if it gets going to catch you on a chair, and the whole thing's going to pull off. Like, have a good night. Uh, <laughs> what? 
You got spinach in your teeth. <laughs> Karnak. Karnak, shut, get out of here. Give me, just give me one moment. You can't take the truth, can you? He is the, wow. He is the ultimate hater. He's ultimate the ultimate hater. hater. Yeah. Dang. All right. So Hope that answers your question, Alex. There it is. You <laughs> got Karnak in there, too. We went on an odyssey. Everything you ever wanted. Yeah. All right. From this, so this is a five star review from David Acosta. This by far is the best comic book podcast I've ever heard in a while. <laughs> in the last two hours. <laughs> Adam and Octavius critique and reflect on topics found in comics and movies, meanwhile maintaining unbiased tone. It's not easy, but these guys pull it off. FYI, expect Adam to drop many Mad Thing references and Octavius disdain for spoilers. Subscribe to CBJ for current news and on comics, movies, and everything geek culture. I'm giving this as many thumbs as, as I can to Jumpman out. Hey, whatever knows fear burns at the touch of Adam John Bone Tetteris. There it is. David, thank you for your five stars and positive comment. And I hope this I hope this has been so far as you listen to this. What what what's our runtime right now? We are currently at an hour and an hour and twenty something. David, I think I hope this has been the best comic book podcast you've heard in an hour and a half. <laughs> That's my hope. <laughs> there it is. Because we're we're shooting we're shooting high. These are high expectations, high ambitions. I'm going for the moon, baby. I've, I'm one. I'm down six ounces. I'm lighter. I feel lean. I got rid of organs I don't even need, and I'm shooting for the moon right now. There it is. All right, we got another one. Doctor Strange Quark. Oh, I have no idea. How many podcasts are out there where one host gives a kidney to the other host? Six. Well, wait. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> we should all model our mortality and relationships after these two. Paragons of humanity. P a r a g o n s. What's what's a paragon? Uh, a paragon. I don't know what it is. So I'm feel like I feel offended. So I need some some clarity before <laughs> so I can come back down. Uh, a paragon is uh, someone who is like representative or of of a feature or like Wonder like, Woman for the UN. Uh, oh no! Uh, somebody okay, like uh, a model of excellence. Ah, yeah. Well, thank you. I'll, t- I'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank Sounds you for good. saying that we are the ambassador thank for, you for the, women's empowerment. Thank you for the five stars and positive comment. Um, all right. We got another one. Lex Max. Lex Maze. If I could give more stars, I would. First, let me say podcasts have been an answer to my prayers. I love listening to music while doing busy work. Uh, but sometimes I just like to hear good conversations. I love Octavius and Adam because they give me just that. The friendship between these two is absolutely amazing. It come, comes through beautifully in audio. I find this enjoyable to listen to as someone who has never read a comic book aside from the Sunday funnies. It's okay to join the Junto. Go ahead and dive in. Mm. I recommend these uh, recommend for those who are comic newbies as well as for those who have named their children after comic book characters. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm into that. Love, love, love this podcast. Five stars. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. Hey, thank you all. Thank you all very much. Uh, I think we got a couple of new ones while we were like healing up. We yeah. chilling in the hospital. Yeah. That feels nice. We got one from someone who just punched a bunch of letters. A hey! Very, a very, hey, you! A S D F G H J K L L K J H G F D S A zero 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 one one one. Octavia serving up that good podcast content. Boom! Reading just letters out the alphabet. Let me tell you what I just found out that it still hurts to laugh. Just <laughs> I'm trying to try to keep it together over here. A very fun podcast to listen to. Go ahead and dive in. The water's fine. Hey, thank you for cool. the five stars and the positive comment. So. 
if you guys love this podcast, if you guys have something you want to say to us, if you want to let us know, if you want to give us some encouragement on iTunes, leave us five stars and a positive comment. We would really appreciate that. Thank you and shout out to everyone who's done so, so far. And that's the end of our talkback segment. Mm-hmm. We're going to get into the books a week after this, but if you want to submit questions again, use hashtag AskCBJ on Twitter. You can also send us an email, comicbookjunto at barefruit.com. That's B3ARFRUIT.com. And we could read your question and answer it on the show. Yeah. Boom. That's it. And at this point, we are at our pool list. Uh, happy Brown Bag Day. Happy Brown Bag Day to you. Happy, happy Brown, Brown Bag, Bag Day. Day to the internet. To everybody. Uh, it is Wednesday. New comic books come out every single Wednesday. Today is no exception. And we're going to run through some of the books that we picked up. I, I don't know what happens when I went to Brave New Worlds today. Mm-hmm. But I bought everything in the store. Listen, let's get into the brown bag here. Because I have a lot of things. I like, I, something came over me. And I got it all. I went to two comic book stores today. Huh? Where'd you go? I went to Brave New Worlds. I got my regular books. And then... What is this? I went with Kenny to his comic You're book You're going to pull out like the, the Necronomicon from this thing. I don't know what's in this I bag. I went to uh, Atomic City Comics on South Street also. Hey, okay. Prince of Cats. Yo, dog, that looks so good. Yes. So good. So let me start off with what I got. You know when something is brand new and it's wrapped up and it's under plastic and you're just desperate to know, yeah. like, please let me open this book. Yeah. I need, I've been, I've been thinking about that from the moment I laid eyes on Prince of Cats. I, so let me start with Prince of Cats. Mm-hmm. I got Prince of Cats, Ronald Wembley's Prince of Cats, Damn. and I don't know a thing about it. All I know is I follow Ronald Wembley on Instagram because mm-hmm. I like his artwork, and I remember seeing this artwork on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when I was at um, Action, Action, Atomic City Comics, uh, well, Kenny was buying his books, I already bought mine, and I saw this. It caught my eye, and I was like, what is this? And it's exactly what I like, hardcover. Mm-hmm. Big, giant, hardcover, coffee table type thing. Haven't read it yet. It's by Image. And I'm very excited. So here's what you should know, and this is the only thing that's probably Are worthy. You about to give me spoilers? No, 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 no. I'm just giving, I'm giving the, the our audience, our listeners, and you uh, an idea of what Prince of Cats is. This is a hip hop variation of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, and Prince of Cats refers to Tybalt, the character Tybalt. and uh, Tybalt was named called the Prince of Cats, but it's kind of like futuristic sci-fi Brooklyn hip hop retelling of Romeo and Juliet. That, that book looks so handsome. I didn't buy it, but now I'm like, Oh man, I gotta go back and buy that. Yeah. That looks dope. I like that. I like that. Um, I also got intertwined issue number one, Mm -hmm. uh, because I met the writer and the illustrator for this book at comic con. Oh, and I didn't get it when I was there. Who this? Um, so let's see, we got, Sapolsky, Pam Chung, Pam, I really, I really apologize for butchering this name. <laughs> Chu Ong Chong and Lopez. Uh huh. So I don't know who's who. Oh yeah, that's like, like kind of Kung Fu John, right? Yeah, it's like Kung Fu Noir is how they, how they uh, presented it. Yeah. Speaking on Comic Con, I, I picked up uh, a couple of books from Comic Con. I picked up uh, a She Hulk trade paperback, which I had Charles Sewell sign for me. Thank you so much, Charles Sewell. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. And the signature. And uh, I also picked up Motor Crush number zero. Very excited about that. Motor Crush number zero is coming from Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's 
it's a looker. And yeah. I, I read issue That's zero. Good. I was really excited. I, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk to uh, Cameron Stewart and Bab Starr and, and uh, Fletcher a little bit. And everybody was super nice and they signed the book. Motocross isn't coming out until December, but issue zero was kind of their like special thing yeah. uh, before before it all hits in December. It's good. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what else I got. Yeah. <clears throat> the rest of my pull list, bunch of bags and boards as always, of course, because um, I got to keep the stuff in order. Mm. I got Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel number one now, but it's actually number 12. Yeah. Decided to read that. I got Batman Beyond number one. I got Batman Detective Comics 943. I got Totally Awesome Hulk number 10 because Black Panther's in it. That is correct. Um, I got The Prowler. Number one. Oh. I got the Punisher number one annual. I got Vigilante Southland number one of six. Mm-hmm. And then I also got Civil War two number six and Nighthawk number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big day. I uh I walked into Brave New Worlds and I immediately picked up Tetris, which is a new book from uh Philly comic creator Box Brown. And my last name. I mean, I feel like I kind of owe it to myself to to pick up Tetris. Part of your heritage. It's part of my heritage. I wish. They're, they're, I'm still waiting on those checks, frankly. You know, they add one extra syllable into your name and they stop sending you money. Like, it's I'm, ridiculous. It is ridiculous. So I picked up Tetris and I'm really excited for that. And I also picked up The Man Thing, huh? Volume 2. This is the, the, uh, the complete collection. I have Volume ho- well, 1 at home. And this is volume two with the giant size Johns. Look, there's a a novel, a novella about man thing inside of this, man. This is, this is very exciting. This came out today. Today was my first day back to brave new worlds. Yeah. I feel like I'm finally normal. Uh Uh-huh. Brave new worlds ordered one of these books. Why? Because they have one man thing fan. <laughs> they and ordered it for the they, that's that's a good comic book story. They looked out. That is. They 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 look out. I mean you, you build a relationship with people, they take care of you, right? And like that's it means a lot to me. I'm excited to have this collection of comics that I probably already own in several other mediums. It's all good though. But in my pool list in my normal stack, I picked up Civil War Two, number six, one of our books of the week. Nighthawk, number six, book of the week. Saga 39, Vigilante Southland, number one. And this one breaks my heart a little bit. The Vision, number 12. Mm, last one. Last one. I'm going to read that when it's, well, now that it's all collected when it comes out. I'm not ready. I, I'm not ready to say goodbye to it. It's been so good. It's so hard to say goodbye. It is so hard to say goodbye. To yesterday. I highly recommend it. If you're not reading Vision, please read Vision. And when it comes out in trade, support it, buy it, share it. It's one of my favorite Marvel stories in a long time. So let's get on in it. Let's start. Uh, where do you want to begin? You want to go Civil War or you want to go Nighthawk? Let's go alphabetical. Let's go Civil War. All right, we're going to start with Civil War 2, issue number 6. At this point in time, we're going to start talking about our books of the week, and that means getting into a lot of details of the story, and that means a lot of spoilers. If you haven't read Civil War 2, number 6, we don't want to spoil it for you, so... Pick it up from your local shop or online, read it now, and then join us during this uh, this, this segment of the show. Uh, if you have read it, we're going to get into it right now, but three, two, one. It's your fault. Spoilers. Okay. The thing that we need to do before we start here is remember what happened at the end of issue number five, mm-hmm. which was we got a vision, a very, very clear, distinct vision that people felt and experienced 
in which Miles Morales killed Steve Rogers. Wow. Wow, indeed. On the on the stairs of Capitol Hill. And uh, from the gecko, we, we launch right into it. From which the is gecko? We have a gecko in this Yeah, one? from the gecko, we launch right into it, which is uh, Captain Marvel calling a ceasefire. So this war, this big battle that's going down on the steps of Capitol Hill, wherever they are right now, I think they're on top of the Triskelion or something like that. Uh, this big battle between Captain Marvel and her team, the Guardians of the Galaxy and everything, and Tony Stark and his team, pause, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's stop. Everybody just felt that right now? Now what are we supposed to do? Right. How and, do we respond to this now? And Miles Morales, this kid, this poor kid, on his knees, not understanding what he just experienced, seeing himself, feeling himself in that exact moment, standing over the dead body of Steve Rogers, of, of a Captain America. I mean, he's, this kid is broken and confused. And the first page that we have in the book is a splash page of seeing that vision. Yeah. So we could be like reminded. We didn't see it last time. Like, so it, I think it was important to be reminded of how. This, me- is, this is what we're dealing with. This, this, is where we're, sucks. this is what this is about. This is all that's coming after this is based off of this. Yeah. And we have this moment where everybody's just trying to figure out how we're supposed to proceed, you know? Tony is saying, I told you. Did I not tell you? I told you what was going to happen. I told you this was going to cost more lives. I told you you were going to get around to hurting more people. We can't do this. And Carol's trying, for what it's worth, it seems like she's confused and trying to figure out what's what as well. Her confidence is rocked. Because at the end of issue five, she says, Miles Morales, you're under arrest. And that was like, I can't. I mean, for me, I felt like Carol Danvers, how the hell are you going to be like that? But in this, she she's kind of stammering her way through it and saying, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm for Miles' safety, for Steve's safety. Like, hold up. Everybody hold up. Let's slow down here. And, yo, we're all experiencing this together. So Nova's freaking out. Uh, Storm is freaking out. I mean, like, everybody has an opinion on what to do. And that moment when Steve Rogers says, wait. Can I get in here? Let me talk to the yeah, kid. Let me, let me get in here and talk and to And kneels him. down and says, Hi. And they greet one another. Right. And that was an important moment. That's that's moving because these are the two characters that are supposed to be a part of this moment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These are the two that are like Spider-Man is supposed to kill this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. When Steve says, or he asks, why did you pull your mask up? And Miles says, interesting question. I, I couldn't breathe. And Steve says, put it back. That mask represents something. It represents who you are. You are Spider-Man. And that means something to people. It means a lot. And it's, it's important for him to say, we all experience that, but I need you to be who you are right now. Right. I need you to be a hero right now. And that conversation that they have where Steve Rogers, like, let's set aside everything we know about Steve Rogers in the, the background, mm-hmm. the, all the Hydra stuff we've talked about in the past, all wh- whatever mystery is lying in wait, wh- whatever we're going to find out, let's set all that aside. The humanity of Steve Rogers in these moments where he says, Miles, what do you want to do? Or not Miles. They, they don't know he's Miles Morales. Yeah. But when he says, Spider-Man, what do you want to do? And Spider-Man says, I want to go home. And Cap says, let's send the kid home. You can choose then, that. Then do that. You have every right. Yeah. He's like, he says, then do that. We'll figure that out. And then, you know, Carol starts snapping. Whew. Man. 
is, I mean, the drama of these little moments. Again, we talk about this in Bendis's run on Spider-Man right now and Miles and his family and focusing on his relationships with his friends and his mom and his dad. Um, the, the drama in these, these conversations, it goes a really long way. Because in the middle of an action sequence, the thing that's really, really making an impact on me, the reader, is when everybody stopped the action. Yeah. And just talked for a little bit. I think that's really something. So now we're trying to figure out, like, what the hell are we supposed to do? And Maria Hill wants to arrest Captain America. Uh, Carol Danvers wants to put Miles Morales away. Steve Rogers, Captain America, says, Thor, t- take Miles out of here. Take, take Spider-Man out of here. I mean, everybody's trying to figure out how to proceed. And I like seeing Kamala Khan stand up for Miles and say, yo, Carol, this is my friend. Right. Let him go. And I also like, uh, I mean, like Black Panther. To that, now that, <clears throat> listen. T'Challa that coming T'Challa forward, and he moment? says, I, we had, I had enough. Yeah, like this, we, we have to talk about this. So T'Challa says, if you fire on them, you have to go through me. And then Carol's like, T'Challa. He goes, I have seen too much Captain Marvel. I can no longer defend any of this. At the beginning, I could. I could. But I have grown more and more uncomfortable with my part in this. And long, long ago, I learned that if you are, if you are on Captain America's side, you can rest easy knowing you're on the right side. Mm-hmm. And if he, even after what we all experience, would choose to protect the child Avengers' rights to be, then that is what I should have been doing this entire time. Mm-hmm. And then Carol just looks up in the sky just like, you know what I mean? Just... And then, and then he drops the bomb. If you attack me, you attack the kingdom of Wakanda. Dang. And Gauntlet dropped. You want to do that? I don't know if I want to do that. Are you in that deep? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, up rolls uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> Stephen Strange, and he just disappears, Tony and the gang. Uh, before anybody can get a word in edgewise, Dr. Strange comes in and just makes sure that, like, we're, we're out of here. Yeah. We're, we're done here. Yeah. And then, you know, Carol turns to Medusa. Medusa, can we use Lockjaw too? She goes, no, goodbye. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> How about that ice, it's, man? It's like everybody is like, ah, uh, Carol, you done gone too far. And I, I have to keep asking, how are we going to redeem, resolve this? I know. You know, I'm okay with not knowing, but this is, is she about to be, is this going to have a turn for her character? Because this is canon. Yeah. This will be, this will forever be a thing that Carol Dan, this will forever be. And that, I'm going to tell you something else. This is a, this is a, and I'm not at all comparing these two people, but I think about how racism and bigotry and all that kind of stuff back in the day, you could do things, mm-hmm. but there was no internet. There's mm-hmm. no Twitter. There's no Facebook. There's no proof. There's no evidence. You know what I'm saying? But now all these people who are supporting Trump and saying these horrible, horrible things on the internet, it's going to be there forever. Oh, yeah. And when you get older and try to do things and make moves and make decisions, they're going to be able to look at your history. It's a part of your life. And see, like, you weren't a closet racist. Yeah. You weren't a closet misogynist. Yeah. There's proof. There's evidence. This yeah, is, this you know, is, for my money, I say all the better. Because if this is how you feel, put it out there so I can see it. Uh huh. Put it out there so I can see it. So I know exactly who you are and where to avoid you and how to avoid you. Right. Because I think the really scary stuff, I mean, like the, the, the persecution attempts, 
that are under the surface mm-hmm. that aren't even out loud, that aren't expressed publicly or, yeah. in, or in ways that are easy to read. That's really scary. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. And there are plenty of that too, but yeah, it's, it's indelible. Like this, this is a mark that's going to be on you for all time. And the same and thing with what's going on with Carol, with Carol Danvers. This and that's why her stance, this is going to like when we, when we're, you know, many years down the road and we look back at Carol's character, this is going to be like ta was Unless talking, it gets retconned. Yeah. But <laughs> when ta Coates was speaking at, um, uh, Amalgam, he was saying that when he's writing <clears throat> Black Panther, he intentionally, understands that he's coming into something that has a heritage and history. That's right. You can't erase it. That's right. So whether I agree with whether or not Black Panther and Storm were in a relationship, they were. It's just how it was. And I got to work with it. Mm-hmm. Whether Namor is al- alive or dead, he, you know, whether Rhodey is here, like I, I, ha- I don't get to, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is, this is what it is. And we got to work with it for what it is. And I, I like that. For what it, I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah. For what it's worth, the, the moments in which Carol was, trying to calibrate herself to the scene and figure out what to do. It seems like there was just an iota of humanity there that made me feel just a little more comfortable. Like she hasn't sold her soul yet. She is not fully committed to doing this thing without questioning it at least a little bit because she compromised a little bit in the conversation with Tony where she says, okay, he's not under arrest. I just want to make sure He's safe and Steve Rogers doesn't. And Tony's like, no, stop. Don't even go down there. But those those shaky moments are significant to me. They're small, but they're significant to me because it it looks like cracks in her armor, you know? And I'm I'm happy to be reminded that she thinks she knows what she's doing, but there are moments like these where no one knows what they're doing. No one knows what they're doing. So um, at least there's that for me. It's just a little bit of warmth for me. Um, you know, we spend a little bit of time with Miles on the rooftop. It, there's little to say other than it, he's he's tortured right now. Miles Morales felt himself, saw himself killing one of his heroes. And that's, I, I mean, how do you even cope with that? So he asks Thor to drop him on a rooftop and he spends a little alone time. Understandably so. Meanwhile, yeah. I want to talk about what we see at New Adelaide. Because Medusa and Karnak, they're all like, hey, honey, I'm home. And they're walking up on Ulysses and something crazy is going on with Ulysses. We saw it forming in issue five where he's these light tendrils coming out of his hands. He looks like, I I don't know if maybe this is the word, but he looks a little possessed. Yeah. You know, like something is taking over him and maybe he is no longer just the vessel of something. Something is is kind of hmm. making itself known. So I wonder right. if there's an entity here. Something's manifesting. Something is manifesting, but we will wait to get an answer as far as that goes. We also find out that Peter Quill and it seems the Guardians of the Galaxy, they're all in with Captain Marvel. They're they're good to go. And when everybody is is saying words to Captain Marvel, to Carol Danvers and saying, look, you messed up. She says, I don't want to hear it no more. And Peter Quill says, no, hold up. I'm I'm with you. You're right. So that's interesting because now I'm like, I don't know if you had the same reception, but I was thinking, Star Lord, I like you. Why are you doing this? Hmm. Well, he's giving his perspective, but we also got a a glance at Kitty Pride, who is Mm -hmm. maybe not all in. 
And I mean, I just, I, I want to bring this up because I think it's significant in terms of a clue and, and her character, Kitty Pride, shadow cat, who's now a member of the guardians of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. She's in a relationship with Peter Quill. Kitty Pride is a Jewish superhero. Okay. And if someone has feelings about persecution, I feel like maybe Kitty Pride has feelings about persecution. So while Peter Quill is like, look, I get it. You're right. I'm with you, Captain Marvel. Meanwhile, she's got this look on her face like, I feel uneasy about this. Yeah. So they, I, I can see that. Maybe that's a little bit of assumption and subtext, but I can understand that if that's what's being laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we spend a little time with Tony Stark and the gang. And dude, Riri. We get an appearance from Riri Williams, which I think was really nice. We also find out that the champions, this is before yeah. champions, which was one of our books of the week a right. couple of weeks back. Uh, this is prior to champions, I think, leaving this whole uh this this whole fray. Yeah, and it's exiting the civil war. Thing, yeah. Yeah, and so, this they're all gathering together and saying, eh, not so good. So there, there's a um there's a part. Where is the part where um oh that happens afterwards? Well, um <clears throat> they so Tony says, We need to find Thor and Spider-Man before Danvers does. Miss Marvel, you're pals with him. I need you to go get Spider-Man for us. And she just looks and mm-hmm. doesn't respond. She goes, I think I want to leave. Mm-hmm. And then Nova's like, Okay, let's leave. And then we see Riri's like, hey, where y'all going? And they ultimately, you know, kind of just conclude we're going to get out of here. And, um, you know, she says she wants to help. Yeah. So they all roll out. I did like that reveal where she's like, hey, where are you all going? They're like, who are you? She says, Riri. I'm Riri Williams. And like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, but who are you? I'm I'm an (laughs) iron-based hero. Still working on the name. Don't quite know what the name is. I'm like, okay, I see see what y'all doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think there's an interesting part here where T'Challa says, I cannot help but wonder as the young and human's perspective uh, powers grow in strength, as it seems is the case, if the accuracy has not become less so. Right. Like the more vivid the vision has become, the more powerful the experience the less accurate it might be. And Tony says, well, you can wonder, but I can guarantee this is the case. I guarantee it. So I wonder where Tony's got legs to stand on to guarantee it. Um, uh, yeah. So. And meanwhile, the ball's kind of in Captain America's court, uh, in, in Steve Rogers' court, I should say. Ball's in Steve Rogers' court because Tony says, Steve, you saw this coming. What do you want to do about it? I, how are you going to deal with this? Keep in mind, in Civil War One, this ended with you dying. <laughs> Yeah. Like you you done been through this before. Yeah. How do you want to proceed here? And it, I think it'll take a little time before we figure out what Steve Rogers wants to do. Because it's it in the moment of humanity that he shared with with Miles Morales, it's it seems to me like he doesn't want to put the dude in a cage and just say, Don't touch me. We'll let yeah. it pass. Yeah. So yeah. So how's this how's this issue end? Well, we get a moment with Carol Danvers. Again, I, I'm happy that we at least have another moment just to see her reflecting on what's taken place during Civil War II, during these events. We see a moment where she's looking into the eyes of a dying roadie, a dying war machine. We see a moment when she is seeing the, the face of Bruce Banner right before he dies and takes his last breath. And she's just putting her head in her hands. Like, 
this is a mess. Everything here is bad. All of this is bad. Do the ends justify the means? And, uh, yeah, they found Spider-Man. So all of us are thinking, how are we going to find Miles Morales? We need to get to Miles Morales before Tony does. And Tony's team is saying the same thing. It's just vice versa. And as it turns out, no big deal. We know where Miles is. And wouldn't you know it, he's standing on the steps of Capitol Hill. And I can't imagine why. I kind of feel like he's got this moment where this kid thinks, I know what I'll do. I'll turn myself in. But not to heroes, to some other legal system. You think he's turned himself in? I kind of do. Because if I'm thinking of the, the symbolic nature of the Capitol Hill steps, Captain America was killed on the steps of Capitol Hill in Civil War I. What was he doing when he was climbing those steps? Surrendering. He was turning himself in right before he got shot. But he's bald. He's got. He's in a like a superhero pose. He's got his fist balled up. He looks like he's ready to battle. That is true. He does look like he's ready, ready to do something. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So we'll find out what happens next. Yeah. I, look, I, I know that there's some divisive nature over Civil War II and whether or not people enjoy it, but I've really been enjoying it so far. I, I like this event as it goes. I've had a fantastic What do we have? Nine issues, I think, total. I believe. You got three more to go? Yeah, I believe that's the case. I know that it was extended one, and I think it was originally supposed to be eight. So we're we're closing in. Almost there. Speaking of the end of comics. Unfortunately. Yeah, a little too soon. The end of Nighthawk. Man. Yeah, man is right. Not happy about this. Nighthawk number six is the last issue of Nighthawk we will get for some time from David Walker. David F. Walker. Yeah. Um, artist Ramon Villalobos. Yep. Color artist Tamara Bon Villain. Villain? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So here's the recap. Feared by criminals and hated by the police, the costume vigilante Nighthawk fights to protect the city of Chicago, even if he must destroy everything in his path. Police brutality, racial violence, and a serial killer known as the Revelator have left Chicago in a state of crisis. After a violent showdown with the Revelator, Nighthawk comes to the aid of his only ally on the police force and in the process kills a corrupt cop. Has Nighthawk finally crossed the line? Is he the hero or is he the villain? You know, one of the things that I was thinking about with this story is knowing that Nighthawk was cut short, that it was canceled before its planned end, right? And talking to David Walker at Comic-Con about that and his feelings about that, obviously, he expresses frustration, like, I have more story to go, but what are you going to do, right? And I kept thinking, how are they going to stick the landing? We talked about this before in events and the the end of a plot arc. Sometimes I think comics have a hard time sticking the landing, whether that is publishing deadlines or or what it is. If it's crossover, it's harder to do. But in this case, there were so many more stories to tell. There were opportunities to characterize our main character. We we should have had more everything, you know? But here we are having to finish all of it. And as much as I really, really like Nighthawk and I've enjoyed Nighthawk and I'm really happy that this has been a series that it even exists, that it had an opportunity to exist in the first place. And as sad as I am that it's ending on this issue, I think this is an example of it being cut too short and the story getting cut too short. Yeah. Because like, we're just done. Yeah. Like things come to a sudden stop in this issue. And it's... That's not what I've come to expect. At all. Not at all. From Power Man and Iron Fist or this book. Yeah. So where we where we pick up here, <clears throat> we've got uh, the good cop, 
He's got <laughs> yeah, good cop. As we all know, good cop. Good cop, bad cop had had an issue. Good cop was on to bad cop. Bad cop lures good cop to a dis- in this uh, location, stabs bad cop. Other good cop shows up on the scene. Good cop's partner shows up. Ultimately, you know, holds him at gunpoint. And then uh, Nighthawk shows up, breaks bad cop's neck, saves good cop's life, and basically says, look, listen, you know, he needs your help. You got to get this guy to, you know, you got to get him to the hospital. So that's what ends up happening. She takes him to the hospital. They're kind of going back and forth a little bit, um, you know, and, you know, Nighthawk kind of goes through the phone of the of the bad cop who he ends up killing mm-hmm. um, and kind of just puts it together and goes, okay, he apparently he sees something in the in the in the phone that lets him know this is what I've been looking for this entire time. This mm-hmm. is the connection to the guns that are coming in. This is the connection to all these different things that I've been dealing with, all the searching I've been doing. Um, I figured it out. Because in this one issue, we need to unravel all of them. We need to unravel not just the revelator, but like why were these white supremacists here? The, yeah. the true patriots? Yeah. Like who is who is funding them? Who's giving them weapons? I mean, we, we have to do a lot of closing loops in as quick a time as possible. And I got to say, we see some very, very abundant use of panels. Like, there are a lot of panels in this small issue. Yeah. Later on in the book, there's a spread of 32 panels, 32 individual boxes. There's 16 on each page during one of the sequences. So we got a lot of ground to cover in a small amount of time. Yeah. For the most part, I was happy about some of that, how it was being done. Um, And then as we get a little bit closer, I'm realizing like, we're coming in hot. Yeah. We're coming in hot. Fast. Yeah, we're coming in real fast. So Nighthawk takes off, you know, tells... You know, tells her to keep look, keep Burrell alive. He's a good guy. Um, and Nighthawk's having conversations with Tilda, his like assistant, who's we never got a chance to see get in action. Yeah, she's always talking about put me in, coach, put me in, let me get in there, let me let me do something. And he's like, I got you. And, uh, you know, at some point, I need you to do this. So he passes the information off to Tilda. Tilda, you know, puts it through the you know the computer, the uh, Hawk computer, not the Bat computer, the <laughs> yeah. Hawk computer. Uh-huh. Um, and you know pretty much comes up with a little bit of information and concludes that the containers filled with guns at Caldwell's were owned by Liberty Cargo Transport. Liberty is owned by an investment firm, which is owned by another investment firm, which is owned by Hanrahan. And we know Hanrahan is the rich white dude who's wheeling and dealing, the real estate guy who's buying up properties. And suddenly we we, we understand Hanrahan is giving weapons to these white supremacists mm-hmm. and he's causing these conflicts mm-hmm. with people who are in impoverished communities yep. so that the land is basically worthless mm-hmm. and all of these uh, impoverished people are killing one another mm-hmm. off and then Hamrahan can come in and buy it dirt cheap yep. and gentrify the hell out of it. There it is. So here, here we go. Yep. Uh, a shipping company owned by Hanrahan is smuggling illegal arms from Bag- Bagalia. Bagalia. Bagalia is like where all of the villains live. In, in the Marvel Universe, it's villain town. It's like Vegas for villains. Got it. Yeah. That explains how a bunch of meth-dealing white supremacists got their hands on state-of-the-art weaponry. So that kind of breaks down the long and short of what's going on. And while that's going on, Nighthawk is basically flying in on, I don't know what this hoverboard situation thing he's got, but it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Between these, looks like two rival gangs that are about to light each other up. So he rolls in and he has a very special moment, I think, 
you know, because the whole time Tilda's trying to talk to him, he's like, look, I'm, I'm kind of busy right now. Can't do this, you know, and she's breaking it down to him. And he kind of like dis- disarms them and, you know, stops them all from fighting. And he says this, you wanted to know why a billionaire real estate developer would smuggle arms into the city, Tilda? It's because you can control the value of real estate by controlling crime. Destabilize the local population through poverty and violence. Cultivate an environment where surviving property lends itself to criminal activity, which increases aggression. Supply the tools to ensure violent behavior as a means of constant destabilization. You can drive down the value of the property, making it easier to assume ownership. Like that, just laid it all out. That was like some wire, John, for me. I was reading that, I'm like, that sounds like the wire. That <laughs> this reminds me of the wire. Yeah, like that. I mean, but what, that like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like the whole point of what this guy's doing is he's. But this is stuff that's happened. Mm-hmm. This is what has happened in. in this pop- is not just Marvel fiction. No, this is th- David F. Walker didn't make that up. No. That's based off of what's really going on. Like, yeah. where do you think these machine guns and all this stuff comes from? Where do you get a freaking AK in Compton? From where? Mm-hmm. You know, like. Where do you, where does this all this come from? Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's coming from somewhere, and I mean, who, ain't no black people out here making, you know, in in Philadelphia, making these weapons. They're coming from somewhere. Yeah. So he says, "Listen to me, all of you. You're killing each other over land you don't own. You're dying in someone else's war. They want you to kill each other. Stop doing it. Stop giving them victory with your blood. It's like, dag. Yeah. And that I mean, and then he crushes the gun." I'm really I thought hap- that was really powerful. Yeah, I'm re- I'm really happy for that moment. That that felt very cathartic. Uh, I would be curious do if we had more time, will we see what the reaction is from these criminals? I mean like if you roll up between Crips and Bloods and you say you're fighting in somebody else's war, I would just wonder how receptive these people with turned up aggression would Especially be. Especially if you just threw shurikens in the chest. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm so ah! it's one of the things that I just kept I'm like snapping my fingers thinking Damn, I really I, like, wish this, we had time to meat, explore this. I wish, yeah, it, it just seems rushed. Yep, yep. Even that was a lot of information. It's better than what Scott Snyder does, because Scott Snyder just gives you two pages of just like a, a textbook. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, All right, well, see you guys later. Scott Snyder is like, they, they traded down their memories through teardrops, and that's why everyone lives in the ocean, and mermaids, and like, nah, you just ruined the wake. You just ruined the wake. Scott. Yeah. Uh, so we see Nighthawk who's at Hanrahan's house. Now he's going to connect everything because yeah. if we figured out Hanrahan, we need to figure out the connection to the Revelator. What we found out in the most recent issue before this one is Revelator is looking at Hanrahan as the next subject. And Revelator is a serial killer who specifically targets people who are oppressors, people who are putting black people down through any power and means and, uh, Hammerheim is the next target. We see uh, Nighthawk putting that all together. So now we we got all those puzzle pieces. And let's fast forward to where Hammerheim and Revelator are right now. Yeah. So Hammerheim is all tied up. He's held captive. Yeah. So we got Revelator who's in here talking to Hammerheim, talking, talking, talking wild. Yeah. Acting, acting all kinds of uh, you know super villain. He says, "Make all the noise you want. No one can hear you, Hammerheim." Can't you hear all the sirens and screams and gunfire? The city's at war, and you're just a tiny voice fighting to be heard by a city that's gone deaf. That's like, dang. He's saying all the stuff you created, all the mess you created, you think someone's going to hear you now from all that stuff that you've done? Yeah. This dude pulls out 
because he has him at the Hanrahan development, building a better world. So he's he's brought him to one of the, the buildings he's made after, you know, destroying the area and gentrifying it. Yeah. Um, and he's got a nail gun and he's lighting. Tell me that didn't make you think of Snoop. The Wire, again. I'm just like, this reminds me of Snoop Maybe. when she's buying the nail gun. Yeah, also, I want to know, I want to know where Revelator got this nail gun because every nail gun I've ever used in my entire life has a safety on it, so you got to put pressure on the joint, so you can't just fire it like a gun. And Revelator is out here just like, <laughs> you like about that here? going crazy with it. No, you've got to push down the nose of the thing oh, against yeah, into something against wood, against whatever you're nailing into. Mm. Yeah, but he's just popping nails off. But the line that actually got me was when Revelator says to Hanrahan, I want you to feel what it's like to know that your life is being destroyed by someone who sees you as less than human. Sheesh. I want you to feel what it's like for what you make me feel like. Mm. Because you're destroying people's lives because you view them as less, like, as less than human. And I'm just telling you right now, this is how I see you. So how's that feel? How's that? Oof. Hmm. He's going Negan with the, the nail gun too. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just, I mean, you know, he's just giving him everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so ultimately we have a conversation where we go back to the hospital where, um, Burrell is and his partner's outside and he's talking to, I guess this is the chief or one of the coworkers or something like that. And they ask her to recap the story. Like, what happened? And ultimately, she lies and says that, you know, he stabbed him, he shot me, I had the vest, I shot him, broke his neck, and then he goes, you sure that's what happened? She's like, yep. So we have Nina exactly covering for Nighthawk. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. We got a little closure there where this person that she previously thought was only a myth kind of saved her life. She didn't know how to feel about it, mm-hmm. made a split decision, and she's covering for him. And I say, Nighthawk's, you know, lower body strength's got to be amazing. <laughs> he's doing he's, squats. He's staying in a constant <laughs> squat on this hoverboard <laughs> owl thing. Yeah. This guy's in amazing shape. Truly. Yeah. I, I like Nighthawk, man. I wish we had more. Me too. So ultimately, Nighthawk shows up on the scene when Revelator has got a freaking buzzsaw about to go to this guy's face. Mm-hmm. And he shows up, and they start knuckling. They start going back and forth, and, you know... The glider gets blown up, and he shoots off the grappling hook, swings in, and they have, uh, like, a great... Like, I like this fight scene. So do I. There's a bunch of panels. But I'm happy because... I feel the beats. It let me know that this was an intense fight. This was a boss battle. Yes. You know, we, we are not doing this with one... Sweet chin music, kick to the chin. Like yeah. it, it ain't going down like that. That's thirty-two panels of ass kicking, like back and forth, toe to toe, mano y mano, and it's it looks pretty rough there at the end. I mean, like for for every hit that Nighthawk gets in at the end, there he's he's down on the ground and suddenly he's got a buzzsaw to his face. Yeah, and so for after all that fighting, you know, all that going on. He's about to get the bus off to the face and Tilda to the rescue. Yeah. Tilda finally gets to do something. Whoever suspected a robot owl would come in smash the revelator in the face. <laughs> you know, he says, why are you trying to stop me? You know, I know you understand. I know you. And then Tilda, get off him, smacks him with the owl. And he goes, thank you, Tilda. And he goes, you can't stop me. And then spinning heel kick to the face, knocks him off the side of the building. Mm-hmm. And there he goes. Mm-hmm. And then... At the end, we have a very, very, very creepy kind of moment, which I think is interesting. So we've got Hanra Hines like, help me. I'm going to die. Please help me. And he goes, I know about the gun. This is Nighthawk. I know about the guns. 
I know that it was you importing them, working for the true patriots. You were going to destroy the community for profit. And he's like, it's, it's not like that. Those people, they, you know how they are. And he goes, no, how are they? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know how they, those people on your deathbed, bro, you still don't get it? You're saying this to Nighthawk? I just saved you. Oh, no, you know what? I just had a moment. I understand why he said that. Hmm. He goes, those people, you know, you know how they are. Nighthawk has a mask on. So maybe he doesn't realize. He doesn't no. Uh-huh. And he says, I need special, I need medical attention. Help me. He goes, you want me to help you? And he takes his mask off. He goes, I didn't come to save you. And he goes, you? So that goes to show you he didn't know who he was talking to. That's right. He didn't. Re- you know how those people are, and he's like those people. I am those people. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I'm, oh, I'm a part of those God. people. Yeah. I didn't come to save you. I'm not here to help you. I came here for one reason. I came to watch you die. And that is. And what he the does. freaking book ends. That's it. That was very abrupt. Yeah. That's it. Like when I read. I came here to watch you die. I was like, what, really? I didn't, I don't feel like I saw that coming. Even yeah. though it's, I mean, it, like, I'm not mad at it. It's still good. But I can tell this is David, well, it seems, I don't want to, I don't know. But it seems like he had more. Yeah. He had a lot more he wanted to work through and he had to make it work. You know what I mean? No, I think back and to, I, and I want to commend him for what he did with what he has. Absolutely. You know? And and this is the thing, I I, I can't, hold this against david walker i can't hold this against the creators of this book because they they were they were given a shot and they weren't given all the time that they thought they'd had i'm like and that's just all there is to it right like when you're planning something to bloom gradually over time you get cut short and what do you do you make the best of the situation and i think back to the first issue we read so long ago so many months ago and i think back to some of the moments when Nighthawk is thinking of, of his family, of his dad. He's thinking of his relationship to violence. He's thinking of like who he is and what he stands for. And like, do I need to be this person? Do I need to exact revenge? Do I need to be eye for an eye and take lives? And it seemed like we were posing some of those questions, but we can't answer them. And if, if nothing else, if nothing else, as far as Nighthawk, Nighthawk goes, this dude's consistent. And at the end of it, he figures out who's behind everything, and he lets him die. I mean, he's killed small-time criminals. He's killed true patriots. He's killed people who were used as pawns, so he's using the same style of justice against the guy who pulled all the strings. Mm-hmm. So if he's nothing but consistent, at least, um, yeah, I just, what a tragedy that we don't get to spend more time with this character, with these characters, and find out more about their lives. And some of those seeds that I saw planted yeah. in earlier issues, we're just not going to see. Yeah. So I say buy the trade when Nighthawk comes out, because even though number six is, is a little bit of a letdown in a number of ways, the fact that this story exists, I think, is meaningful. And this is edgy stuff, man. Yeah, people are dying in this. Yeah. It's not, it's not, this ain't, this one ain't for the kids. No, no. Honorable mention, Vigilante Southland, one book, one of six. Mm-hmm. I read it. Very good. I would suggest, I mean, it's a good beginning. It's, you give me a, a synopsis. What are we looking at here? Basically, long and short, we got a guy who was kind of just chilling, hanging out, former basketball player. Um, and uh, he's, 
playing ball, working as a janitor. His girlfriend seems to be an activist and she wanted him to get involved in the activism. He didn't really get involved in it. And we see a scenario where she's snooping around in kind of what looks like the vigilante costume. Um, we think that's her. Um, and she's getting some information. Shortly afterwards, she comes back in, tries to talk to the main character, and he's basically just like, you know, not not about it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, um, she ends up getting she ends up getting hit by a car. Oh, so after she gets hit by a car, you know, it's really sad. Everybody had the funeral. They're having these conversations, and then you know, our main our main character Donnie. Um, you know, he's just kind of like trying to figure out like what's going on. Like it just seemed weird. And it comes to see like there's something shady going on. Mm-hmm. Like the person that hit her on the bike was just moving top speed, didn't slow down, didn't stop. So it's kind of like seemed shady. And as he's doing some research, digging around, it seems like um, he found like this suitcase with, you know, this this weapon in it and this uh-huh. costume. Some gear. And his mother and her and the woman who the girl woman who died, her mother was looking around for some of the research that she did. So it seems like she was on to some stuff that people didn't want her to be a part of. I see. She was actually murdered. Um and you know, Donnie, who got a relationship with her, with his back with his father, is trying to use his work with his father to find out what happened to his girlfriend. Um and he's snooping up the wrong tree. And in the process, the people who actually killed the girlfriend find out about it. Mm-hmm. And um, as he's on the way home, again, we said spoilers. As he's going home, we see that he walks into his front door and his whole building explodes. Uh-huh. So it seems like, in short, you know, activist girlfriend. So now Donnie's black, girlfriend's black. A lot, everybody in this book is black. Mm-hmm. Um, so girlfriend, activist, probably like she was doing some vigilante backup work. God, this is what she wasn't supposed to get into, ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. Donnie, the boyfriend, takes that as an opportunity to kind of go, look, I'm going to look into this. Yeah. Finds out that, you know, this wasn't all up and up and up mm-hmm. and ends up getting caught in the crossfire. Shady business. So we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. It seems to me like this is DC finally getting on board with, mm-hmm. you know, like a black character doing things that are not flying to space and punching rocks yeah you know i'm like i I think it's i think it's significance this seems like this is and it's a mini series by the way it just says it's one of six but it seems like this is dc's attempt at saying oh marvel got nighthawk (laughs) right we're let's let's enter let's enter into that i mean what they got me to buy it so yeah yeah i picked it up as well so i'm I'm eager to check it out and since it's a mini series we know guaranteed that this has been plotted for six issues. Yeah. Um, hopefully, if it's really good, then it'll go on beyond that. But it it means that we know that this story hopefully is framed for six issues to tell the beginning and the end. Yeah. That's it. So next week we got Batman number ten. We got Champions number two. Oh. Now yeah. here's something to also keep in mind. We never, because of Shin Godzilla, we never did. Killer Be Killed number three, mm-hmm. and we never did Power Man and Iron Fist number nine. Ah, that is a good point. That's so, a very good point. And as we know, Power Man Iron Fist number nine is the best one that they've ever come ever. out with. And probably will be the best one they ever do. Maybe one of with. the best top ten comic books of all time. Of all time. AT&T apparently is willing to buy it. Just that one. Yeah, 84.2 billion. Yeah. So, um, so... Pick up Batman number 10. Pick up Champions number two. We're probably going to cover Batman number 10 mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Um, as far between Champions number two, Killer Be Killed number three, Pirate Man Iron Fist number nine, um, maybe we can touch on those, similar to what I did with Vigilante Southland. That's right. Catch up. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I'd pick up Batman number 10 and pick up Champions number two. 
um, next week for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we know that we're going to be reading them because, quite frankly, they're they're good, right? So that's all there is to it. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll make sure that we let everybody know, everyone know what we're going to talk about on the show. I would love to talk about Killer Be Killed because that one is pretty peculiar, man. That's an interesting book. Um, so we'll hopefully we'll find some time for it. But man, that's next week. We'll get there. Here we are right now in the present. And that's all we can ask for. We did it, Octavius. We did it. We did it. Episode 44, back off the kidney transplant, Shin Godzilla. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, I feel good about it. All right, so tell people where you can find you on the internet. You can find me on the internet celebrating spooky seasonal Twitter names. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah, Adam Undeterous. I mean, I think that's good, personally. Way to go, man. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Adam Teterus at Adam Teterus, A-D-A-M-T-E-T-E-R-U-S. I have the same name on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow along with me. It's been a little while since I've done Man Thing Mondays. Uh, I hope people are celebrating that while I was down for the count. But it's coming back, my friends, because I got the complete collection volume two. I got that. We got to get on YouTube. Yeah. We got to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get sued by Marvel immediately. you <laughs> like, you need to stop. Man Thing Mondays. Uh, no. Nope. Nope. That's got to stop. <laughs> How about you? Where you on? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, all the same, John, at Octavius A. Newman, O-C-T-A-V-I-U-S-A-N-E-W-M-A-N. Thank you for sticking with us through Shin Godzilla. We appreciate you. Thank you for sticking with us for two hours and some change on episode 44. We are Woo! so excited to be back in Indy Hall. Gods of Egypt is on HBO now. I saw that. And uh, immediately I thought of you, and then I thought of me, and I thought of just how miserable our lives became. Golly. And uh, I just want to say this kind of as like a avoid at all cost, my friends, Don't my loved it. ones. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And once again, leave us five stars and a positive comment on iTunes. Leave us comments on SoundCloud. Also, subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with someone else you think could appreciate it, would enjoy it. Invite someone to join. Invite someone to join the Junto this week on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We'd love to have people, and we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for all of the prayers, the positive vibes, the tweets, the text messages, the emails, the phone calls, the donations, the gifts. Um, And thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sticking with us through Shin Godzilla. All of your encouragement and love has been felt. Your prayers are getting through, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. I think the show is going to be stronger. I think uh, after... I feel stronger. I feel stronger. I mean, maybe not right now. Yeah, I feel fragile. I'm not 100%. You know what? You're right. <laughs> I feel fragile. But I feel, I, like, I, believe I feel like I'm re- rebuilding. I'm this in. is this is like Super Saiyan level one, and yes. we're just going on the up and up. We're on the way. I really think that we're going to go really, really good places, and I'm excited to do that with you, Octavius. Yeah. I'm excited to do that with all of you listening. We want to go on YouTube, guys, straight mm-hmm. up. That's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. That's something that we have planned before Shin Godzilla, and that's something that we're going to continue to move forward, pressing towards afterwards. So, you know. Let yeah. us know what you think. Shoot us some tweets at Adam Tedderus, at Octavius A. Newman, at Comic Book Junto. How would you feel about seeing Comic Book Junto on YouTube? How would you feel about seeing a video version of the show? Mm-hmm. Would you be into that? Mm-hmm. So let us know. Anything else? That's it, man. I'm, I'm, it's nap time. Yeah. It's, time it's to eat, half time past. To relax. It's half past nap time. All right, guys. We love y'all. Until next time, peace. Peace. <laughs>